All right, y'all. Uh, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. We're about to begin. It's Wednesday, June 14th, Flag Day, if you don't know that. If you're looking around the neighborhood and wondering why there are a lot of flags up, hopefully there are. It's Flag Day. I I, uh, I would encourage you to educate your kids at the very least or deprogram them from the cult of uh, uh, not only modern medicine, but the cult of uh, big government, which is uh, foisted upon them in public and many private schools to let them know what the flag really stands for, what it should stand for. Anyway, limited government. How about that? Individual liberty. Yeah. How about that? Right. So uh, with that, we've got a great lineup today, particularly because my friend Ginger Taylor is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. She's got a, a new website. We'll talk about how do vaccines cause autism.org. She's done a lot of research on this. So she's a great resource for all of that. And uh, we got a lot of stories to cover. Uh, how about grassroots activism at the state level? Is it enough to counter the supermajority of the Democrat Party there in New York State to push back on any new draconian uh, vaccine mandates? Yeah, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We do have a question of the day coming in on neurological de uh, degradation issues, Parkinson tremors, Parkinson's tremors. So uh, stand, stand by for that as well. But uh, yesterday we had trouble. Uh, the whole Internet had trouble uh, for some reason. Super Don will explain it. And our rumble uh uh, video did not go through very well. He's got to upload that as a secondary file. So if you're wondering where yesterday's show is, and it's a great show, uh, we'll have to repeat some of that for you. And with that, let's uh, crank up this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, don't ever underestimate the power of uh, people um, individually coming together of their own free will, of their own accord, to promote, let's say, an agenda. Yes, an agenda of freedom, and particularly health freedom. And that would mean pushing back against most government at every level, because at every level of government, we see the denial of the freedom to choose the kind of health care that you want to choose, much less to know about various different forms of actual what I would call real health care versus disease creation and disease management machinery. And we've seen the switch, uh, the bait and switch of both Republican and Democrat parties, officials, uh, establishment uh, members of those uh, uh, parties, how they have uh, played fast and loose with loose with their uh, pretending being for the little guy, being for your freedom to choose. Right. When it's just a mess for most of these politicians, they uh, they should be wearing NASCAR patches, you know, to show you exactly who's paying uh, for for their opinions. In other words, not for their opinions, but giving them their opinions to let loose on and then vote on uh, in their various uh, uh, congressional or senatorial houses or maybe at gubernatorial level uh, stuff in the state level. Uh, there's an article here by The Defender as we uh, crank up the Robert Scott Bell Show uh, right now. And by the way, Ginger Taylor, my good friend, is here. She's going to be joining us in just a few minutes this hour to talk about her efforts and the, the knowledge she has has been hard won. A lot of research to put together a new website you may be interested in. But this headline at The Defender, uh, this is an article written by Michael Kane, not the actor, uh, K-A-N-E. Grassroots pressure pays off again as all vaccine-related legislation in New York fails to become law. 
Now, th- this is the th- this is the state that many have fled from. Many people we've interviewed have fled from New York and gone elsewhere. And it is a state where you got uh, the the only person who could be worse as a governor than um, Cuomo, <laughs> Kathy Hochul, comes in there, and she passes, uh, you know, promotes legislation, uh, you know, a permanent state of emergency to basically quarantine you at any at the whim of anything. You know, we don't like what you th- you said, what you thought, what you breathed, the way you breathed any, any, anyway. And uh, we've interviewed the attorney who's beaten that back, but now they've appealed at the Hochul administration. So to, to think that you could have any even little victory against a, a Democratic Party supermajority that has bought fully in to the fictitious realities. Can I say it that way? Is that an oxymoron? The fictitious realities of a permanent state of COVID emergency or permanent state of fear of germs or viruses in this case, whether uh, gain of function studied or not. And some headline in this article reads, and it's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. This is the fourth consecutive year that activists in New York with the support of Children's Health Defense prevented any vaccine-related bill from becoming codified into law. Now, the argument from the Democrats you'll often hear is that this is a right-wing, Republican, Trump-loving agenda, anti-vaccine agenda. Yet, I think that claim is falling a little bit uh, less, uh, with a little less gravity, perhaps. Maybe not falling at all in, in the way they used to be able to successfully just divide us and conquer us or attempt to do so by saying it's all about, you know, Trump, Trump this, Trump that. And it's interesting as, as we, and, and I haven't gotten into, we'll probably talk more about this uh, tomorrow with Jonathan E. Mord on the show about the, the latest indictment attempt to prevent a Trump from running for president and why that might be. Tucker Carlson, who is, was fired but not fired, it's a weird situation from Fox News. They're still paying him. They're telling him, cease and desist your uh, Twitter show. He does like what, a 14, 15 minute monologue? I think he's done three, maybe four. I, the third one, I just saw an article by our friend Celia Farber. Uh, Tucker Carlson broadcast calling out neocon war lies shatters record. It's now, it's not, when, when Celia Farber wrote this, it was like 41 million views. Super Don, can you find out what the the views are now? I think it's over 75 million, if you can see that. Yeah, 78.9 million. That's it's going up by I don't know, a million an hour or more. And and among the things Tucker does in this case is he showed a debate clip, you know, in the in the la, in the election uh, in the Republican primary, in fact, it was uh before he was uh, the Republican nominee going into the presidency. And he basically pulled a Ron Paul of all things, where we went, what? What did he say? He said, there were no weapons of mass destruction. Iraq was a mistake. We should have never gone. We were lied to. It was all a bunch of lies. And uh, Jeb Bush was there going, oh, and you can hear all the Republican candidates that were going, and there were even boos in the, in the Republican audience because there are plenty of neocons still in the Republican Party, even though the predominant uh, uh, party that is neocon right now is down the Democratic Party. This is amazing, the, the, the switch that's on. And so Tucker Carlson argues that that is when he became enemy number one of not only the Democrats, but the, the establishment Republicans. They just had to put up with him until they could kind of look the other way and pretend they supported him while all of this stuff was made up. 
about him. Now, this is not to say he's pure as a constitutionalist like Ron Paul. No one would argue that. I don't believe so. I wouldn't argue it. But to recognize on war, he was far better than far better than Biden by far and far better than Obama in his four years. I'm not saying he was, again, pure as the driven snow in that regard, uh, but very few are in that regard. But he did indeed make enemies of both the neocon left and neocon right, if there really is a difference. And interestingly enough, I think you'd find more in common with Bobby Kennedy and Donald Trump on this issue. And that that may be a difficult thing for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to address and assess as he's on the campaign trail and he's gaining more traction. He's actually getting some new media coverage among those who lean left or are Democrats uh, by history, where before they were dismissing him again as a kook, crank, conspiracy theorist. It was like, oh, that sounds like they're, they're calling Ron Paul names again, but it's this time Bobby Kennedy and trying to dismiss him as a fringe candidate because he has a position on vaccines that's far different than the establishment Democrats and many establishment Republicans. It's not interesting. Yet on the issue of foreign policy, Trump is less neoconish than most every Republican in the last, I don't know how many election cycles, certainly Bush, less neoconish in terms of dropping bombs on brown people than even uh, Bill Clinton going back that far, if you will. And, and, and so it's, it's a fascinating thing to think, okay, can the grassroots have any impact at all? Now, less so on a federal level, we know that a lot of times we find that the uh, candidates that you vote for or don't vote for are selected, not elected. And it became more obvious, you know, with, with uh, the Biden steal. Yeah, I said that. Uh, with all of the attempts to make it impossible for uh, there to be an actual fair count, even though there's been a lot of court cases that have dismissed the claims. But certainly when we talk about the public relations that he had to overcome, the Trump uh, uh, campaign to overcome with one phony scandal after another, particularly, you know, the uh, the Russia stuff. If it were on the other side of the equation, if Republicans had done that to a Democrat, obviously it would be front page news. It would be outraged and people would be calling for, you know, at least this is treason. How dare you question the integrity of election, which, by the way, Hillary Clinton had done. But you can't do that with the press that is collectivist, leftist, Marxist and uh, socialist and communist in, in their in their bent, so to speak. I try to speak this way above and beyond Republican, Democrat, Hegelian dialectic, but there are, you know, there are some differences at that level. We do here support and endorse, as I do, Jonathan E. Mord for the United States Senate in Virginia, a man with great constitutional integrity and fealty and knows more than most have forgotten if they've forgotten, you know, many, many of those that claim to be experts in the Constitution. Jonathan E. Mord is indeed that. And he would go in and be the best friend we've ever had. For those of you who believe in natural health, natural healing, dietary supplements, food, other things, and uh, really believes in the free market and capitalism, not capitalism. And you'll even hear Bobby Kennedy when asked questions. This is fascinating about, you know, single, uh, not single pair. I think it was the other day he was on. a left-leaning, uh, I don't know, it's a podcast or if it was a regular news um, a report. And they asked him about universal basic income. He didn't commit to that. He didn't say outright no, but he said, I'm, I'm more inclined for free market capitalism. You don't hear many Democrats actually say that ever anymore. So again, a lot of street cred to his history and his recognition of regulatory capture here as well. But you look at the state of New York, it's been captured by a one-party, single-party rule um, 
you know, even when the Republicans held all three houses of, of government, as they do, let's say in a state, a conservative state like Utah, there's plenty of corruption for globalism because those that want a globalist Marxist reality have found ways to buy and purchase and manipulate the process that even Republicans can be as guilty as Democrats in doing things that we go, oh, by and large, that's just the Democrats, right? No, no, no. You've got to find men and women of integrity that do not and will not and have not, they have a track record where they don't sell out for convenience. They have principles and they stand and die on those principles. And I think Bobby Kennedy is one such candidate, as I do uh, Jonathan E. Mord. There may be others out there that we haven't featured yet. And Trump, you know, I wish it wasn't about Trump derangement syndrome. If there was a way you could look at him and go, all right, good, bad, weigh it all out and go as a Republican, is he, would he, is he the best option or not? I don't know. DeSantis, is there a, a Bobby Kennedy coming up that, you know, equivalent like a Ron Paul in the Republican party this cycle? I don't know. But I will say that that Tucker Carlson uh, piece, a 15 minute opening piece, that was it. It's like stunning. You know, how many, is there a show on mainstream television that gets more than four or five million? If, if you talk about number one in what they used to call Nielsen ratings, Tucker gets fired by Fox, but not fired by Fox. Does this thing on Twitter and now has was it was it up to ninety something million views? Super Don, did I read that right? Just just absolutely astonishing and stunning. So the question is, is this why they hate Elon Musk? When he says I'm for free speech, but that, but then they go, oh, well, uh, the Democrats that would claim that they're for free speech, but they want to suppress certain speech that they don't agree with. That's, that's not cool. And when Republicans would do that in the past, that wasn't cool then either. And if I must say one thing about quote unquote censorship and, uh, how wrong they are in terms of, uh, if we are trying to protect children from inappropriate material that they're not you know, functionally, mentally capable of, of addressing and assessing and ha handling, that's not censorship. There is uh, a place for certainly parents, but even when we talk about governmental, uh, uh, you know, restrictions, if you will, on freedom of speech, I don't think that you would argue that freedom of speech is uh, a drag queen show, hypersexualizing children at a library or elsewhere. And, and and trying to stop that, as DeSantis said, it, I don't believe that censorship. And for those that claim it is, I think they're disingenuous in there if they even have an argument. So anyway, back to this bill, and we'll bring Ginger Taylor in just a moment here. Uh, minors to be vaccinated without parental knowledge, that failed in New York. A tracking of medical exemptions, that failed in New York. Mandatory tracking of all adult vaccinations, that failed. Dentists to administer COVID-19 and flu shots, that failed. And, and, you know, so those of you who think that Democrats are 100% all in, on uh, these these mandatory vaccines tracking, et cetera, you realize that the rank and file Democrats or those that would lean that way and normally vote Democrat probably when confronted with these harsh realities would go, no, that's not what I signed up for. That's not why I am a Democrat, like for instance. And I think that's evidence of seeing what's happening in New York here. Now, of course, it helps that there's a grassroots movement. It helps that there's children's health defense and there's health, and it helps there are people like Ginger Taylor out there that are activists that have been through the fights, the battles for now decades and are still standing strong and uh, educating folks that were largely ignorant of a lot of these things, including the vaccine, autism, link, and more. And with that, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, my good friend, Ginger Taylor. Hey, Ginger. Hello, how are you? Oh, it's always great to see you. It was so great to see you in Boise. What a nice surprise. 
Got yes, the, yes. Great big hugs. Bunches of Nice to be getting around again and showing up at places. It's good to see you out in a boot, as our Canadian friends say. Um, yeah, no, I've been very pleasantly surprised that post-COVID, the world is waking up to, turns out the vaccine program is corrupt, turns out they lie all the time. And so um, I kind of have been thinking about what's my best use here? You know, we kind of, way, you know, we just, after 2020, the vaccine was coming out, they had shut down all of my social media. Um, I was it, places that still existed. They were, you know, they were just um, tamped down on what people gave and see. And I was banned all the time. So we decided in 2021 to kind of go in and close up the arc and take care of our family. And, um, you know, we had all these big doctors with big megaphones coming out that were making more um, more headway than we could anymore in our little um, neck of the, the fight. So we um, we fixed up our house in Maine and sold it and moved it to a nice red state in South Carolina and kind of just got settled. And, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the year, we looked up and all of a sudden people on Twitter could talk, first of all, because right. Elon bought it. And second of all, they're saying, you know what? They've lied so much about this COVID vaccine. I bet they're lying, might be lying about the entire vaccine program. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah, they right. are welcome. So I feel like right. the what I'm calling the COVID co cohort has come to the health freedom movement. And there's so much for them to learn. It's been decades of corruption. So um, at the beginning of the year, I kind of went back to this research list and decided to revamp it. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and we're going to talk about the, the website. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. You guys can check it out. How do vaccines cause autism.org? And that, of course, is the thing that would normally gets you banned and prohibited from various social media platforms linking vaccines to autism. They'll immediately come down long before there was COVID. Uh, there was censorship on this issue, but before they had a, a disinformation dozen and all the other things that have occurred because of uh, what happened in COVID for those of us that have been speaking out for years and, and in fact, decades. And, uh, you know, Ginger, you've been called names you know, on and on. You've been through the, the, the so-called wars on this issue. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, Wonderful and refreshing, despite, of course, the harshness of what we went through in COVID and losing friends and, and family members along the way mm -hmm. and finding out that the friends and family members you thought you had, even though they're still alive, they disowned you over some of these issues. Mm -hmm. But many, those with an intellectual integrity, finally began to come to the conclusion that we came to many years ago, that it isn't just the COVID jab that came out via EUA, but it's the entirety of the schedule and everything on it. And here I give the classic example of cardiologist Peter McCullough, who I've befriended and many people have, have now, he's like part of mm -hmm. our family in a sense, who admittedly said, you know, look, I, I'm fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated on my recent interview with him out, of, out when we were in Boise. Mm -hmm. He said that, yeah, I'm fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated, but my grandkids will not be. None, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what is that? Because they were yelling at Peter McCullough at the beginning phases of this when he didn't recognize all that we recognize. Like, give him right. time. If he's got integrity, if he's got a good heart, like I sense, he's going to come to these conclusions. And many physicians and scientists finally are. Now, I am also of the opinion that we got to stop asking those experts that even now just got it and figured it out to be uh -huh. the only go to people because there are homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists and chiropractors that have been on this page for a long time. Where is the invitation to say, hey, if we're going to forge a new path forward, we need to look at the people that have been right all along. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, it's hard because, you know, I, in some respects, I want to give them a bit of a pass because, well, the entire population now has been through, um, you know, def 
Defense Department level psychiatric bombardment and manipulation and gaslighting and, you know, all of the anti-vaccine, you know, when I first started out, I'm like, here's a bill to tell the state about the vaccine federal compensation program. They're like, you're anti-vaccine. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to tell the state what the federal government thinks. And of course that was, you know, that was my tag for life. And we all find that out now, right? I mean, if you don't get the second dose and the first dose or the fifth dose, you're anti-vaccine. I mean, it's it's so, um, the, the attack is absurd now because it's lost all um, sense of logic. I mean, Walensky's uh, testimony this week in the in it's Congress is, yeah. is farcical um, that they can, there's no accountability for what they've done. They truly believe they don't have to answer for anyone for the misery that they've caused, for the death that they've caused. And it, it is a, um, it's a psychological warfare. Humanity has never gone through anything like we have been through. Um, and they've been doing it to us for 20 years, but they've also been doing it to these doctors who are coming in and, and praising them. And you're the good guys and they're the bad guys. So they've been under a, an, an immense psychological um, attack yes, and yes. they're coming out of it. And I had asked, Mary Holland was working with them through 2021 and beginning of 2022. I said, do they get the whole thing? She goes, they're starting to get it. They're, they're coming along. It's a steep learning curve. They've got to unlearn a lot of stuff by the beginning of this year. Um, they're getting it. And we see Steve Kirsch, who has a giant megaphone and a lot of money and very comfortable stomping through minefields, showing up in state legislatures and everywhere and daring people to debate him and um, gets the, the message out just to a much bigger platform. So I kind of gone back. I'm like, well, what what's our job here? And it really is, look, you need to understand this wasn't done to you for the last three years. This is an old game they've been playing with us mm -hmm. and they just never done it on this scale before. So kind of educating people on what the research going back to, you know, 1943 for the last 80 oh, years yeah. is and what they are and all of the old scandals, you know, um, starting in 1930. That so, I feel yeah. like that was the service we can offer to them. Right. And, and of course you've gone through a lot of research digging for years and, and many in our community have, and you have had websites, you've talked about it from a Christian theological perspective, a lot of these things to make help help parents make arguments to stand on their religious beliefs as well. This particular website you have now, how do vaccines cause autism.org? How does it differ from previous incarnations of, of what you've been doing and your research that you've been revealing? Well, I mean, the, this journey started because in 2007, um, the Mockingbird Media, the message they were singing all in unison was, um, there is no evidence between any, between any link between vaccines and autism. There's no evidence of any link. There's no evidence of any link. And about the 30th time I heard that in one week, I went, yes, there is. My little mommy blog, Adventures in Autism, I put up I probably got 10 studies that linked mercury, just mercury and vaccines. Um, just uh, and it start and it just started snowballing. And so I just kind of, as I was going along, would find more, I'd put more up there. And then after it got to be about 60 or 80 studies, I moved it to Scribdy um, so that it was not just on a mommy blog, but it was more independent with, you know, kind of, it was easier to update because I could just keep a list and then update it every once in a while. And by the beginning of the pandemic, it was um, 160 papers. And then I had stopped working on it. Cause I was like, you know, if 160 papers are not gonna make them change their tune, mm -hmm. they, they're never gonna change anything. They don't care, it'd be thousand papers, they don't care. They, they don't um, care about exactly what we had invested so much time and energy into to right. say, we saw, and you witnessed again with your son particularly, uh -huh. 
like many of the moms that we consider the warrior moms here going back again, decades that said, I have a healthy child. I go into a well baby visit. We get a shot. We get a series of shots and suddenly something went, goes horribly wrong and yeah. you are gaslighted and, you know, to say the least. And then yeah. one of the strategies and thoughts seemed reasonable and logical. Hey, what if we go through all the scientific literature and, and throw it back in their face and go here, look. And we found out they didn't care yeah. about that. They were the least concerned. In fact, they, they would just keep calling us names, never review the thing and go, but the science on this. And then they would point to specific articles that on and on, we could go back and forward and show you that does not say what you think it says. Like mm-hmm. the Walenskis of the world continue to insist. Yeah. Uh, it's a stunning journey that we've been on. So logic failed for the most part to convince those that you thought were invested in logic and science, et cetera. There's something more going on here. And I think that goes into the heart of a religion or a cult and the capturing of the, the mind, body, and spirit, if we will, of these people that followed along without questioning because it was just the way it is. We were told to it. We, we, and now the doctor's coming out, like McCullough said, yeah, we never looked at it. We just, we thought it, we believed it, and we just went on. And now- They trust the people who told them what the research said. Yeah, which is dangerous, which is why we say, don't trust me, don't trust Ginger Taylor. You go do some digging. If you're interested now, many people are too lazy to do it, but perhaps in COVID finally got, I better get off my butt and figure this thing out because this is not good. And so, yeah, and, and that's really kind of what brought me to the current incarnation of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of, was the, the, it was a list, right? It wasn't organized in any particular way. It was kind of organized by topic, but not really. And I thought, you know what, this year, if people are turning around, I went back and I looked and it had like a million views on this uh, research list that I had never I never promoted anywhere. It's just up there and it's just word of mouth. Um, and so I thought, well, I should put this into a form that people can more easily digest. You have a lot of people coming into this idea. Um, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, their position on their website is still, there is no link between vaccines and autism, which they're, is hilarious. They're medical morons at this point. It's embarrassing. They, they know. I mean, they know. It's yeah. it's. We know they know. We hear, we hear their conversations. You know, we hear from their friends who their own kids are injured and, and they know what's going on. So it's the people who are in power in this. It truly is the emperor has no clothes. So I went through and I thought, you know, how can I make this digestible for doctors who are coming out and actually want to look at this and say, look, here is the links between vaccines and autism. And, you know, moms, 20 something year old moms who are trying to make decisions in all of this tornado of, um, information and misinformation. So I, I, I think I, I think I have it in kind of a format that does that. And if you go to the website, um, it, it says the body of research supporting the vaccine autism link. And it says, look, here is the position of the AAP. There is no link. Here are 212 abstracts of papers. Here's, you know, with, with the, with the most pertinent information highlighted in the abstracts and in the body of the paper. I have it, um, you know, on the top, there's a menu where you can click on aluminum and find all the aluminum papers, mercury, find all the mercury papers and in DTAP and hepatitis B and, and kind of the, the gamut of the big, um, blocks of kind of categories. And on the right side, you'll see, um, information on, you know, mitochondria, apoptosis, um, every, every permutation of all of the, um, comorbidities found in autism of the biological, um, things that are going on with these 
children, you know, brain inflammation, um, autoimmunity, and, and it has all the papers on autoimmunity. And you can have it. I mean, it's the best I can do without like a 212 papers with red strings all attached, mm -hmm. right? What's attached to what? So look if you want to know, what, you know everything on. We're just looking at the, the website, Ginger. I'm like, dude, you are so amazing. What you uh, do. I don't know how you do it. I kind of was, when I started doing this and I was getting, making progress on, I sat back and looked at this and I kind of was in tears. Cause I'm like, this is so, I'm an idiot, right? I'm just a mom. I don't know anything, right? I got, I got a, I got a degree that I kind of can use to do all this stuff, but mm -hmm. I, I'm not a doctor. And it's, if this obvious to me yes. that oxidative stress is going on in these kids and in these humans and the government not saying, Hey, let's look at brain information in kids with autism. They won't do anything. They won't say anything that yes, there is a, they said, yes, they have uh, associated gastrointestinal problems. They said that 20 years ago, they've never updated that. Right. They've never gone for treatments. So I just, I want to lay this out for parents who have kids with the diagnosis and can go, they've got gut dysbiosis and they can click on GI problems and get all the research that links vaccines, GI problems and autism or neuro neurological disorders. Um, right. And so it's something that you can spend 10 minutes on and really realize, oh, the AAP is lying. I mean, they're lying. It's just a lie. It's a bad, shallow little, it's like the sky is yellow. And oh, it's not. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at two papers, right? And I just put on the top list, I've got three papers. Well, if you just look at those three papers, you can already tell the AAP is lying. Um, well, or at the, at the you spend a lifetime going through this. Again, historically, we have now figured out that most physicians are either too lazy or too busy meeting the, the requirements of government to actually take the time to review the stuff, even if they want to. Now, yeah. things have changed because of COVID. We acknowledge that. We could not have achieved, you know, from the one, two or three percent that had any question at all or were obstinate like me going, uh, -uh no jab in my kids ever. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yet we are seeing now upwards of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 percent in various surveys going, I question now not only the COVID jab, but maybe the regular schedule and everything on it, or at least some of the stuff that would never happen from 3%. To, and if they had left us alone and not done this, it still would have been hovering at a smaller percentage because we didn't own in any way the media. We didn't have the influence and reach, but now we see the reach of this show and other shows like this growing to the point where I think Super Don tells me there's, there's studies now showing that overall the new media is reaching far more. And as evidenced by mm -hmm. just that little Twitter thing that, that uh, Tucker Carlson did, uh, just I think yesterday's third episode reaching mm -hmm. nine, it'll reach a hundred million by the end of the day at the rate it's growing. To, to, and and you know Tucker Carlson was never considered an anti-vaxxer, right? But the fact that he even questioned it at any point during COVID was something like, oh, that never happened. That's why he had such great ratings at Fox, while other shows, you know, were decent, but maybe were were you know kind of trending downward, and now have trended so far down without him that MSNBC is beating Fox in some, in some shows right now. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you now? The, the reaching of the it mean people are starving for truth. Yes. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. So even the political left who we have derided, honestly, because of their lack of intellectual integrity on many of these issues, because they were just like the doctors, just, they believe what they were being told. And for whatever reason, they decided I'm not going to investigate it. I'm just going to say it's Trump. Trump. Everybody loves Trump. And that's the people who have asked questions about vaccines. It's all Trump. And it's like that, that is not an intellectually good place to be. Now you're operating in your emotional body 
and you are reactive. You are not thinking critically. And it's, it's somewhat disappointing. And Bobby Kennedy coming from the, the Democratic Party. Hey, honey, thank you. Uh, I got my tea delivery service here. Uh, but coming from the Democratic side, of course, we acknowledge when we look in the political history of America, the 20th century, a Democrat like John F. Kennedy, who was president, is far more conservative than most Republicans today. So the labels don't mean as much as we think they do. However, people do fall in line in lockstep due to emotionalism and the tribalism that our friend, our dearly departed friend, Liam Sheff, used to talk about, you know, how we're a tribal species, mm -hmm. uh, trying to get beyond that. I believe the integrity of Bobby Kennedy is trying to get beyond it. When others have said it from a whole political slogan, you know, I want to, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, not a divider, you know, but he really is trying to heal the divide. I sense that about him, his integrity. I, I want to get your perspective on that as well as we, we talk about these issues. But reaching across like, you know, Ron Paul, finding places where there's agreement and ignoring for the time being, at least the areas of disagreement, because what are we going to do? We disagree. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's work together on where we agree. And more people than not right now, Republican and Democrat rank and file, I believe, have concluded that, you know, we were we were lied to about a lot of this stuff. Well, now we can come together and work for the benefit of everybody. Am I being mm -hmm. naive here? I, You know what? I it, it has been I felt like it's been this growing awakening and people are coming to the truth over the course of the last I'm going to say since 2015, it really, there was something happened that year that things changed. And I think it was that the pharmaceutical company became so aggressive in so many states, like 30 different states. They tried to um, push um, right mandate. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I, if the question has always been, will people wake up fast enough because they are, they are accelerating their authoritarianism so quickly and they're accelerating the assault on the American mind so quickly. So, I, you know, it's this race to, you know, will Americans, how much, how much longer will Americans tolerate this? Um, and how will, as resource, you know, one of my real hopes, the things I, I'll talk to you about this when we're in, in Idaho, mm -hmm. is I'm looking at the resources, are resources draining from the old regime into the new? And how quickly is that happening? And I take that as a measure of what the market really believes. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the market for um, cable news is artificially propped up, right? We've got people from out of the country, Soros-esque type thing, just funneling money into the, I don't want to say the left, but the, you know, the, the, the crazy The authoritarian left. left, right, center, collectivist, Marxist, globalist, right? That's yeah. the Globalism occurs within both parties. Even mm -hmm. at the state level, as I pointed out, you got a supermajority in in New York. What they've done there, you have a supermajority in certain red states too, like Utah. And there's a lot of globalism, corruption, all the way up to the governor, and, mm -hmm. and the people are trying to figure out how to deal with it. So it isn't because it's an R or a D. It means exactly what is defined in the emotional logic, which lacks logic. But recognizing that the impact can be made at the state level, again, the stopping of those four bills I mentioned that uh, Children's Health Defense helped mm -hmm. in New York. You're like, how do they stop anything in a supermajority? Yeah. So that means yeah. that the people within that party also don't agree with everything going on in that party. Right. And there is a I, I've long believed that and I've seen this in the battles that we've won and we won it in the state I was working in, is that really when you have that left wing authoritarian paradigm. The only thing that actually stops them, it's not logic. It, it's embarrassment. It's, it's, you have to embarrass them for their hypocrisy, mm. make fun of them enough 
that the people who really do have some misgivings about what they're doing stop stop helping and they withdraw their their consent important consent yeah, yeah so that's it's it's unfortunate that i because i want to go in and talk logic i want to talk research i want to say let's look at case studies let's look at what heals these people and and that there's deafness to that you have you have to go in and embarrass them for the dumb things they're saying um because there's not and so that people won't join them because those in power who are doing this they don't care how dumb they look they care about their power and they will not they are unrepentant and will not repent. And they will, uh, you know, Mary Holland and I talked about, do you remember um, Baghdad Bob in uh, in the Iraq um, Baghdad attack? Bob, yes. Baghdad Bob stood on the roof at the palace and was like, look, we're in downtown Baghdad. There's no Americans anywhere. You know, and he stood there right up until they pulled him off the roof mm. and made these, oh, we're fine. Everything's fine. And Mary made, with CHD, she was their general counsel and now works with um Bobby Kennedy on his campaign. Um, she said, you know, the one thing every regime that has fallen has in common is that they were all surprised as they were being dragged out of the palace. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter she, she studied Russian history. She studied. Um, so, you know, civil rights attorney cases all around the world is that, and that's really what's going on. The Biden regime believes that they will never be drug out of the palace right up until the everything falls because mm-hmm. there isn't a sense. So those people will not, you can't embarrass them, but you can embarrass the people around them into not participating anymore. So oh I think God. that's where, I think the Babylon Bee has made, you know, been one of the best um, fighters just because they point out the idiocy with humor. Yes. What is the role of the fool in the King's court? Yes. <laughs> The capacity to be able to point these things out without being beheaded because they use humor, absurdity, mm-hmm. um, things that J.P. Sears does. And yeah. I try whenever I can to inject a little bit of humor, in, even though there are so many serious issues, you know, particularly when it comes to these children that have been devastated by the vaccine schedule mm-hmm. and or now everybody that's been devastated by the COVID jab, whether they've uh, gotten one, two, three, four or whatever. And also the, the limitations on freedom that have been injected into um, society, right? The segregation, we brought segregation back based on medical status, vaccine status, astonishing. Uh, and even, uh, the Jews of Israel lost track of history as they participated yeah. in the segregation of, you know, how, how where, let's put a little, uh, star of David on them in that regard. And, you know, I've been talking about before, long before COVID, I think my one and only appearance on, on Dell Bigtree show back in the day, I don't know, um, well, it was about me warning about real ID and how they were going to utilize it by tying unique medical identifiers or social security numbers to your vaccine status mm-hmm. as adults. And Michael Bolden, who's a good friend of mine, and I think you've met Michael Bolden over the years from the 10th Amendment Center. Uh, mm-hmm. He's amazing. And, you know, he, he was like, he even said, I don't, that's crazy talk, right? The things that we would see based on history, what's going on, where is this leading? Now, I had invested, investigated into certain areas of obviously medicine and control of the population through fear of germs that very few people had to say, I can see this coming. And yet it absolutely manifested in COVID in an accelerated fashion. And they're still attempting to do that. The European uh, Union, uh, et cetera, going into World Health Organization, globalism, control of uh, the response of any given country to a pandemic, scamdemic, plandemic, real or imagined. And uh, there's been a lot of pushback here in the U.S. I think the uh, WHO did not pass the IHR, you know, resolution changes Mm -hmm. But maybe that's part of the strategy, too. They soften you up in the next year. They come back. That's possible. We have to remain ever vigilant. But the question is, this is one question I want to ask Bobby Kennedy when I get him on the show again. 
do you support our participation in the World Health Organization at all? Because they're clearly not pro-America at all, pro-national uh, right. sovereignty. Uh, and that's that might be, I don't know, a sticking point for I don't know. I haven't asked them that question yet, but I would like to. Well, there's an irony in, you know, the accusations that people, what, don't you trust government? Well, we have, you know, conspiracy theory and all the things, you know, we've, my husband would joke for years, you've got a Cassandra complex, you're going to see the truth, you're going to warn people, they're never going to believe you, you know, and it just, you need to get used to the fact. And, um, and you talking about real ID and, and the control mechanisms coming into place and how they're going to use medicine and how everybody's like, no, the medical industry is there for our good. We really want to believe that it's there to help us because you want to, because the other, because the opposite is a terrifying idea, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're just there to mine you for money and they don't care if you live or die and they don't care if your kids live or die. Um, and, and there's a few individuals along the way whose heart is in this and cut into it because they love individuals, but that's not the system. That's not the system works. Um, but the irony that our government is a government founded on the principle that you cannot trust government. We have checks and balances because you're not supposed to trust the other branches of government. You're not supposed to trust anybody. Everybody's got a supervisor somewhere. And the media, the fourth estate, as they used to call it, was supposed to not trust government and demand, ask and, and push. And they become uh, a fourth branch of the government promoting right. everything that it says. But again, who's signing their paychecks, right? Who, if you look where money's coming from, the, the public coffers are looted by politicians who want to stay in power and they distribute that wealth to the people who will keep them in power. Yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing what we're witnessing. Uh, so y'all check it, check it out. We have it linked up in the show notes. Uh, Ginger Taylor's worked a lot of years on this. How do vaccines cause autism.org? And it's, uh, it looks like everything's free. I mean, you've donated so much of your time here. I, I, are you are you working at all? Do you have any support system? I mean, it was so great to see you. And Boise, I know you hadn't traveled in a long time to do that, but uh, I just want to make sure you're getting help too. You know, donations are welcome. You can find me at gingertaylor at substack.com and, um, and nodeception.org. I take donations in both places. But no, I've really, it, we've kind of lived in this 20-year emergency, right? There were always babies that needed help. There's always moms, you know, in a pinch in between, you know, the doctor and and what, what they wanted to do with their baby. So I, I never settled into a job that I have kept. It's just been, I'm, I do the work and people can donate if they want um, and I appreciate that opportunity to say that. The other thing too is, um, you know, there's some really great stuff going on at um, Children's Health Defense. Last weekend, we, we were in Atlanta and had a really good um, event where we went over the Simpsonwood. Um, How many years event. later? 19 years later or something? 20, 23 years later. Wow. Yeah. And um, I really want to, I, I have it, I'll put it on the, on the top of my Twitter, which is combatingautism.com or you can Google Ginger Taylor. And that was, it was five hours of talks on by some of the people who were involved, involved, you know, 20 and 25 years ago with um, uh, uncovering all this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, so I want to, I want to give a shout out to that event and go take a look at it. Um, it, it was really it's for people who are just getting into this and want to know the whole history of, look, this has always been corrupt. And, mm -hmm. you know, you probably have more vaccine injured people in your life than you know. Um, go take a look at that, because I think that's the beginning of looking at the history that needs to be completely evaluated. And and um, the whole world needs to know that this has always been the case. They've always used a vaccine program for control and for, yeah. for you know, nefarious purposes. Yeah, we got a comment from Kim in the audience right now. We have a pharmaceutical, big tech, treasonous government. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's an exaggeration uh, yet. Again, as long as they keep you uh, in your various 
uh, I don't know if they're called cubby holes or foxholes of left and right. You are mm-hmm. being played. You are yeah. being played. Um, you know, find out those who have a track record of believing in liberty, defending it, and having intellectual integrity on various subjects and, and has a, a capacity to change their views when confronted with facts that contravene what they thought was actually factual. And that's what I like about Bobby Kennedy, I have to say, that when confronted with facts that oppose his worldview, he doesn't dismiss them out of hand. He'll do the homework and research, even if he hasn't done it yet. There's a lot of areas uh, that we might have uh, concerns about and disagreements about because we know that the political left tends to lean toward collectivism. And if we recognize the origin point of America, it was rooted in defense of individual liberty and collectivism is the antithesis of that, you know, moves into Marxism, socialism, communism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you got to see uh, Mickey Willis's Plandemic 3, The Great Awakening. I started it. I have, I've gotten about 20 minutes in and I keep getting erupted. So it's actually open on my desktop right now. It it was great. It was the way it was bookended by our friend G Edward Griffin and the warnings he gave us for back, I think back in the 1960s, you know, he he was talking about this and it was collectivism fundamentally and how that led to all the things I've mentioned. But then some on the political left are just, you know, rebelling against, Oh, I thought Mickey Willis was a good guy. I'm like, how dare he of all the things he did communism. Really? I'm like, dude, do you understand godlessness? Now America is not supposed to have a state sanctioned religion. Unfortunately it does. It's the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. They've taken over and they've mandated participation in it with Obamacare and other things, whether it comes from the left or the right, I don't care. It's just wrong. Uh, but we have a recognition that our rights come from God or a creator, however you'd say that, not government, and in no other uh, established form of government, whether it be considered democracy or not, uh, has had that as its basis. Even Canada has suffered under, and and Australia has suffered under, and New Zealand and other Western-style democracies suffered under the fact that at the root and the heart and the starting point of their government, there was not this recognition that rights come from God. They are granted privileges. They might be called rights and they can be taken away at the whims of, you know, behavior that we don't like. And they're trying to institutionalize that through woke ideology, uh, you know, ESG scores now economically coming through World Economic Forum, again, World Bank, IMF. These are the things that God bless Ron Paul, man. He woke up a lot of people, but mm-hmm. still there's a great ignorance of the medical and pharmaceutical cartel at that point among those that were liberty minded. And now many people left, right and center have woken up to that reality. And there's, when you talk about communism and even, you know, America was born from a very different idea. And the philosophy of the United States is that power flows bottom up. God grants his power to the individual the individual to the state or local municipality, the state to the federal government. So God down straight to the bottom and then power flows up. In Britain, all of the colonies, the queen or the king is granted power and that flows down to the subjects. So it is a very different mindset. I mean, we talk about Americans thinking differently and we're like, but what about my rights? Is because we inherently know in our bones that the individual has power and the government has power from the individual, not the top down. We are not subject to the whims of a, of a potentate. Um, we have, you know, and, and communism has that other flow. It, it lies and says, oh, individuals matter, but individuals don't matter. You know, the Soviet Union to any, communism cannot exist without murder, right? You cannot have um, an empowered individual and have a communistic state survive because it can't respect the rights of the individual and still survive because it is a top-down operation. And we know the human nature 
loves power. And it has been true for as long as I've known about humans um, that um, power corrupts an individual uh, in absolute power. uh, Absolutely. So we have to have checks and balances. We have to have the check and balance of of being able to walk away, right? Mm -hmm. The the smallest minority is the individual and being able to turn your feet and walk out the door of pharma, of whatever, you know, captured, corrupt system that you're in, you have to be able to leave. And to be able to do that, you have to have healthy systems, healthy families, healthy um, individual lives so that you have the power to walk away so that your family can get out. The concept of exemptions, because this, uh, this still upsets me that yeah. you're arguing for exemptions. Whereas, like, I, 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 I uh, what did I do? I, I think I tweeted this the other day in response to a Sherry Tenpenny thing, and then I just posted it up on, on my Twitter feed at RSBL Media. And of course, one of the things that people like that I've said over the years: stop asking for permission when it is required. Mm-hmm. And I and I link the Tenth Amendment Center into this. I always like to do that. It says if you have to opt out, exemption then the assumption is they already own you. Right. Oddly, mm-hmm. sovereignty is something you pro- proclaim and live, not beg for, not plead for. Oh, please give it back to me. You demand it and you live it. You proclaim it. And and so we're still coming at it a bit, a bit you know, and I'm talking about my allies, my friends and, and people that believe as we do in fighting for exemptions. It's like mm-hmm. we're, we're only going partway there, which is the wrong thing because it still subjects us to the requirement that we have to beg out of. Please, can yeah. I have the option to not get it via this, this, and this? I'm like, dude, no, it's opt-in or else it's nothing. I'm enslaved if I if I have to opt out. I didn't mm-hmm. sign up to opt-in. I mean, I'm like, who put me in there? So then we get to the question of, again, political and spiritual sovereignty, bodily sovereignty, right? The whole idea of my body, my choice. Although much of the political left, it's only about killing babies, not about supporting, you know, your ability to say no to uh, an intervention that you believe right. is abhorrent to your religious, philosophical, medical, or otherwise, any of those beliefs, it shouldn't matter. So again, I bring that up to you, Ginger, because I know you've been in this battle for a long time. And I'd like to say, can we do better? Yes, we absolutely can. But here's the thing. If mm-hmm. you're looking at mandates, so if you look at the mandates, the school mandates that they've always done and the um, work mandates that they try to push through on both government jobs and um, private companies is you, you really see that they can only mandate where they're giving you something. Um, we're going to give you an education, but we're going to, but mm-hmm. we're going to make you do stuff with your body that you don't want. We're going to give you a government job, but we're going to, you know, ho- keep control this way. So there's, there's ways to opt out. And I don't, don't need to tell you this. I know you've really designed a life like this is, you know, as we have gone through our lives, we have tried to opt out of the system everywhere we can, because then you're not subject to anybody else's whims, mandates or whatever. Um, we had the hard point, you know, when I, got pregnant and we had kids. The plan was my kids were going to go to Christian school or be homeschooled. And then I had a special needs son and there were no Christian schools that would take him. And it was too much for me to homeschool. Matter of fact, I had to not, I even outsourced his homework to the school so that we have a good relationship and happy home. Right, um, right. So we were put in a position where I don't want to be, I, first of all, I don't want to be taking from the government. You know, I was raised that you have and you give and you serve. Um, but not only did I have to get served, I have to have my, son treated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to have my son 
um, educated in government schools, which was not my choice. And I got his brother out and went to Christian high school and Christian college and homeschool. And he's, you know, very independent now. And we're so thrilled. He just graduated from college and he's on a great path. Um, but, but because we participated in the system in the first place, mm-hmm. my son got hurt and we had to keep participating in the system. And it's, it's right. hard. So we, I mean, part of it is as soon as you start your family, as soon as you start or today, whatever, wherever you are, get out of the systems. Yeah, and they you don't rely on anything. what they give you, yes. perception of reality, because the gifts, if you will, or if you accept the whatever it is that they're giving you, mm-hmm. they it comes always with strings. Right. It's not given freely. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Tan Staffel, you know, read the Richard mm-hmm. Mayberry books. You understand that it always comes with strings attached. And then you are su- now subject to the rules of if you take this support, money, or program, now we got you and now we can make rules that you're not going to like, but eh, you know what, if you, you can opt out, but that means all of that support that we gave you. And by the way, Ginger, you like many believed the lies of the medical community that had purchased basically uh, captured our government and many of its regulatory bodies that convinced millions and millions and millions of Americans to subject their children to something that ended up injuring some killing uh, that made you vulnerable enough that you couldn't do what you had planned to do. And now you're like, I have to use the services and that comes with strings. Now what, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the idea is how do we extricate ourselves from that? We got to stop assaulting ourselves and our children via these medical establishment edicts because mm-hmm. they're wrong from the word go. Much of what modern medicine does outside of emergency triage, you know, emergency room kind of medicine mm-hmm. is disease creation and disease management for profit and to diminish your freedom, your independence, your bodily sovereignty. And so that's where I come back to the who are we inviting as the experts on these panels or whatever it is to talk about what's our way forward, right? Well, so it's many. not people. It's mm-hmm. not the people with success stories, right? Right. What happens in my community is when we talk about doctors, we talk about outcomes, right? Oh. Who, what doctor, what caregiver, what person are you seeing improvements in your child with improvements in your health, um, getting you away from um, the trap that you've been in making you a free or more um, functional person who can get along in life and be happier and more joyful. And those outcomes are what we're looking for. When you talk with the mainstream medical community, um, you know, I, a lot with, you know, I talk with elderly people and, and they're very much their white coat syndrome mm-hmm. stuff. What you hear is, well, he's got the best recommendations. He's got the best hospitals he's working with. He's got the best letters behind his name. He's really recommended by this you know, you know, and the, the, the rating services for doctors are really just paid, right? I mean, you go look up a doctor, he's paid that company to, to list his services. Um, and it's a difference between um, accolades in the, in the, in titles and, and then testimonies, people who really say, yes, this person healed my child. And those are what we go with. We care about outcomes. They don't care about outcomes. They care about um, who has, uh, the the biggest job. What? Oh, but Fauci is the head of NIMH, and you know, titles aren't important because titles are what bureaucrats have. Um, people, you know, we see the real doctors who will leave their um, Ryan Cole. He he was speaking in in Idaho, and he left his warm, comfy, you know, medical practice, his lab, um, and he said he's making about a sixth of what he used to make, but he's a very happy man. He's very, he's dealing with, oh, he's so filled with joy despite all of that. I mean, he even, he, he, he were, humor. 
Like he's yeah. laughing. Yeah, As and he's talking to his family in his organic farm, and he left the the crazy town. As we were, as I was interviewing him, you know, a couple of weeks ago at that event, we, I think we aired it uh, last, yeah, just last Sunday. Those of you missed the Ryan Cole interview. It's terrific. Uh, it was all over philosophy stuff. I love talking with people about that. Even Peter McCullough, when I have him on, it's not all about COVID, COVID, COVID. It's about philosophy. He's very human. He's yeah. very, yeah. And it's fun. So uh, Ryan, again, has his organic farm and everything. And I think at that time, he just had received an email said, your services are no longer required at the lab even that he was working with. So this was a major transformation. The question is, do you have a spiritual center in your life to recognize that you'll land on your feet because you have God on your side? Uh, that's mm -hmm. a spiritual issue. I realize that I'm not talking about 501c3 church, religion, mosque, whatever. It's not about mm -hmm. that. It's about your relationship to the divine, that which our founders acknowledge where our rights are derived, where they come from. Uh, I met, I just po posted this, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center said, the ultimate check and balance is the people themselves. John Dickinson told us it is their duty to watch and their right to take care that the Constitution be preserved or in the Roman phrase on perilous occasions to provide that the Republic receive no damage. And these are things that many people are foreign to even knowing about because we, we don't learn that kind of history in, in school anymore. And so we were raised, many young people raised to hate America, hate a system that certainly has been abandoned, but at an origin point has as much validity today as the day it was written, you know, the declaration and then the constitution and ratified. Uh, yet uh, so many folks are, are, are really corrupting young people, not giving them a chance to get into the intellectual engagement on history to go, why did this happen? What was the context? What's good? What's bad? As opposed to it's all bad. Everybody's a racist and, and slavery is back. Right. Uh, it, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with now with young people. And uh, we got a we got a journey to, to go. And, I, you know, putting them into these uh, government indoctrination centers, if you don't deprogram them on a daily basis, you can lose them. And many families, many parents have told me about I thought I was doing enough and apparently it wasn't. You when know, one of the things like I look back and I'm like, I didn't come close to preparing my boys enough, um, my special needs child or my typical son. Um, but I did one thing right that I we played a game in in elementary elementary school, even before. Um, and it was a game I learned about in like the 80s um, called Spot the Lie. And we go through the grocery store and I would go Webster. Look at that cereal box and tell me what the lie is. And there he would look at it and say, if I eat that cereal, I will be good at sports and have lots of friends because mm -hmm. I have pictured people skiing on the box. Um, so we would go through every once in a while and say, tell me what the lie is. So he learned to think critically at a young age that people and, and with my younger son, especially needs, I say, well, that person's trying to trick you. Um, they're not really a woman, but they dress like a woman. So you have to, you know, so he could understand because he's looking at people going, I don't understand. And he doesn't really can't get into subtleties of transgenderism and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And how do you think critically? Um, but, you know, that it's a trick. And if I, th I think people very young preschool <laughs> need to start talking to. Um, to their kids about truth and lying to play the little game, spot the lie. You yeah. know, wh where's the marketing? Um, so well, that, that, that gives them the capacity to see that the world isn't as it, it is appearing to be, that you're giving them an opportunity to go think critically about everything you read and see. It might not be true, might not be accurate, might not be factual. That alone is so significant compared to what, you know, our government indoctrination centers are teaching and even many private schools, unfortunately, are. 
Uh, that and they're allowed to talk about it too. They can look at it and say, oh, that's a, that's the thing. Hey, look, that's not true over there. It's not, they don't need to be afraid of, oh, should I say it? Should I call it out? You know, mm-hmm. like it trouble. Yeah, exactly. Well, Ginger, God bless you. Love you so much and uh, uh, love to Scott and the family and congratulations on your son graduating college. That's amazing. Uh, I just, uh, just admit Thank how you. many years we've been on this journey. Too and, long. And, yeah. Uh, but I it was great win. I have to be over with. Yeah, and shout out to our friend Tia Severino. She's in the audience. She acknowledged seeing you, and uh, Tia did a, has done a lot. She's wonderful and amazing that yeah. she helped to set the stage for that a Simpsonwood 23 years later event. Yeah, and and good healing to Tia because she's had yeah. some had some challenges the last. Oh couple yeah, of months. remember the symphytum, homeopathic symphytum, and that's bone set or knit bone or uh, comfrey topically as well as a poultice, and that'll help recover things fast. It worked for Jonathan Emord when he broke his ankle. Uh, last year, he recovered in record time, according to his doctor. So that was cool. So very anyway, excited about hear about his candidacy. I think that dude, I know good. everybody. Emord for vacom Cool stuff happening. Wouldn't you like to see Tim Kaine be out of there, the Senate, and have uh, let's say some allies that believe in the Constitution? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know there's nobody's that's perfect on this as close as we could get. I was Ron Paul over the years of fealty to it, never straying from it. But having Jonathan Emord there, plus his knowledge of our community, is uh-huh. superseding anything. And uh, whether Bobby Kennedy as- uh, ascends to the presidency through a real election or not, I don't know. But he's also uh, speaking to the disaffected Democrats that didn't even know and hadn't heard this and finally reaching and breaking through. Because uh-huh. it's so obvious if you try to censor him and suppress him that, it, it, you know, that, that why would you do that at this point? Uh, yeah. So things are changing. I agree, Ginger. And I appreciate you being here with me anytime you you want. You're welcome here. You know that. Thank you. All right. God bless y'all. Check out her new website. And that is how do vaccines cause autism.org. And we have it linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Got a lot more to talk about in hour two. I feel like I'm going to be all over the map. Super Don wrote a roadmap, but it's just a suggestion. It's just a flesh wound. We're going to continue on after this because the power to heal is yours. It's always a fun trip down memory lane a bit with uh, Ginger Taylor. Last hour, if you missed it, just rewind it. I know yesterday, uh, I, I don't know, Super Don, you can open your mic when you want. I know you're busy because I'm asking you to do things too. But just real quickly, that rumble thing, that was like all, there was all internet stuff everywhere yesterday as far as difficulties. Unmute. Sorry. There you go. Um, and ho- hopefully my audio level is okay again today. I don't know. I'm still. It sounds lower to me, but again, I know we've been playing with those levels, and what what corresponds to the the thing doesn't make sense. So anybody feedback as Super Don talks right now? Yeah, it is kind of low. All right, so I'm going to bring it up a little bit there. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll just play around with it here. Anyway. Yeah, so you know what happens is uh, Amazon has a, a web cloud service that businesses use called AWS, it's Amazon Web Services, and apparently they had an outage yesterday, and it affected just like hundreds and hundreds of companies across the the world or anybody that was using their service, and so it yeah uh, the Rumble was was not working right for us, and I think it had to do with this platform restream that must must use AWS. But not only that, a bunch of the news outlets out there 
uh, were unable to publish stories and news articles and stuff like that because they use the same service. So it, yeah, it caused a lot of trouble for a bunch of people. But today, flawless, flawless. Everything's back to normal again. Well, okay, good. And and have you uploaded yesterday's show to, to Rumble? Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that this afternoon because I I had grandkids this morning and recordings with yeah, stuff busy, and, busy, busy. Yeah, so yeah, it'll get up there busy. later on today. All right. So anyway, just want to give a heads up on that if anybody's wondering, hey, what happened to the Rumble thing? It was uh, beyond our control for sure, uh, as well. Uh, also, I just got word, and I posted this in the various chat rooms that we have access to. I, I didn't put on Rumble because I don't have access to that, but. Our friend, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack from IPAC, he says that uh, if you're interested in doing some of the education forms that he has this month, uh, there's two classes in particular, microbiome master class and an autoimmunity and human health class. And they're very reasonable for the real education you'll get. But he says if you use the code RSB, you'll get 10% off of uh, a curriculum uh, pricing. What was that first one? Uh, it's called Microbiome Masterclass. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and Dr. Jack doesn't fool around, man. Good science, real science, none of this, you know, uh, pharmaceutical nonsense, but all good stuff. And I even had a, have a lecture that I gave to his group uh, informally on copper a uh, couple of months ago. That might be another thing you can do. Um, so definitely check that out uh, and use the code RSB when you go to ipac-edu. I believe it's dot org yes ipac ipak edu.org use the code rsb and now you have 10 percent discount ongoing discount on classes uh thank you dr jack for making that available for our audience here uh, because what you're doing is very very important to counteract it a lot of the nonsense that's taught as science that you know is so disappointing in the uh, mainstream of uh university level stuff that's going on out there uh, jack's doing great work uh, let's see what else. Uh, the White House apparently made a mistake. <laughs> they would never do that. Uh, about the, remember we covered that a couple of days ago. The masking story. It's like if you are coming for the NCAA championship appreciation day to the White House and you haven't been injected with the COVID stuff, you're going to have to mask and distance. I'm like, what the hell is that? Right. So they're like, uh, oops. <laughs> we forgot to update the uh, right. the new masking stuff in the alerts that we send out, and so. Yeah, whoever it was that was in charge of that uh, dropped the ball. Do you think that if no one covered this story, like Fox in this case, but no one or us, that they would have changed it and said, "Oops," they would have they would have kept it in place? Because I I believe their intent in the Biden administration is to you know lock down and mandate if they can get away with it. Still, even today, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. It's but you know it's just another another example of how uh, you know, it's the three stooges are running things yeah. in this country. It's uh, pretty embarrassing, I think. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, you know, I, was, I I went to work out this morning, and, and and this is really interesting week for me because you know before I've been traveling so much, and so my schedule of being at the gym has been like catch it as I can, not like a consistent when I when I don't have to travel as much. So the Monday was the big um, challenge of the week, which is the max out every every day, and I'm still in the lead for the men. Um, Kiki and Amanda, who I've talked to you guys about, are phenomenal athletes. Ke uh, Amanda's like 17 years younger than me, but they they beat my the reps for the, all the nine rounds, not by a ton, but a little. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Now you're you're younger, whatever. Or you're more driven to do that. But as I was talking to the the trainer this morning, when I went in a little bit later than I usually go, I was the only one there. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm I can't escape the trainer today, so I'm going to get my butt kicked. 
But we were talking, I was looking at the various, you know, uh, rounds about, you know, where I was compared to them. And I'm like, dude, how do they even do that? Because I know the effort I put out. I could have put out more effort. I'll imagine, I'll agree to that because no one was yelling at me to do it. But uh, he's telling me, he's like, well, they're doing little baby hits. And so that accelerated some of the things. So it, it was not something I was going, I was just sincerely asking. I was like, what did I, where did I, where did I fall down in terms of my fitness level? I'm like, no, it was technique. So doing it fully means you're going to do less or fewer because, you know, a full punch versus a little rabbit punch is going to be faster. And, it, and it's all about how many reps you can do. So I, I feel even better about being second or third place to two ladies, which didn't upset me that they won because they're great fitness as well. Maybe they did technique different a little bit. So there, does it sound like I'm butthurt at all? Maybe <laughs> a little, <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this hour, I don't know if you can isolate that little clip from within. I'm the, on it. The, yeah. Okay. So, um, I mentioned that, and if it's up to 95, hundred million yet, I don't know. Um, Tucker Carlson supposedly fired. They tell him cease and desist. You're not fired. I don't know what's going on with Fox, but he does this, this little mini 15 to 18 minute show on Twitter, just a monologue basically. And his third episode is garnered over 90 million, significantly over in a short period of time. And he talked about, you know, the basis for Trump derangement syndrome. He didn't say it in those terms, but that he pissed off the neocon left and right. If there really is a difference, you know, the warfare mentality, the military industrial complex. And, and again, Bobby Kennedy's very good on this as a Democrat. Uh, Trump had some shining moments on this front as he was running for the, uh, a Republican nomination at the time. Uh, and it, it brought some jeers and boos, reminded me a little bit of the Ron Paul era, but you know, I'm not saying he's a Ron Paul, never have said that, but in some ways he was better. He was an outsider and he didn't get the memo. On. There will never be another Ron Paul. Right. There'll never, yeah, never be. I, I'd like yeah. to see that Ron Paul has inspired other Ron Pauls uh, so far in, in, in terms of integrity, I would say close to it. He was endorsed by Ron Paul, Jonathan E. Mord. There might be arguably nuanced differences in, in, in foreign policy. I agree. There, there may be. But the, you're right. There, you, it, on the litmus of Ron Paul, it's like, how do, you, how do you do that well, right? Even his son Rand is not Ron Paul. But uh, this, is the, this is the clip uh, that uh, Tucker Carlson, at least, makes some plausible, cogent arguments as to what made Trump public enemy number one. Obviously, to Democrats, that was not a surprise, but to many of the establishment Republicans as well. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. They lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none. And they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass okay. destruction. Okay. All right. Do you hear the audience? Little mm -hmm. jeers and boos? I, you know, I do remember that now that yeah. I watch that. And who knows if, he, if it's accurate to say that, but that's a significant one. Do you think that the military industrial complex doesn't play large in both the Democrat and Republican parties, the establishment at this point? Are you pretending, oh, oh no, since Eisenhower said that, we've, we've gotten better? Have we really? I mean, they killed Kennedy over this. Not Bobby, thank God. Hopefully they never uh, do that to him, but, and he is risking his life because he's speaking out about these things. We know that, but he seems to be a man of great integrity to do that. And, um, geez, man, th this is kind of one of those, Hello. Oh, that. Oh, oh, it's a little bit more than they just they didn't like because he was mean tweeting all the time. There's a little bit more to it than that, perhaps. Yeah, I think there is. Um, but and by the way, on that note, you mm -hmm. know, you had mentioned earlier that you had seen 
a headline where MSNBC is like number one now in cable news. Yeah, I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's true. No, listen, it's true. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I was thinking about that yesterday and I was just like, you know, it's not like Fox News uh, gets rid of Tucker Carlson and suddenly all of the conservatives turned into progressives. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so so what would explain why everybody's what you know, you have more people watching MSNBC Mm-hmm. Than than Fox News it doesn't mean all the Fox News people went over to MSNBC. Oh, sure. What let, it means is, hold on, opinion, let me guess, let me guess, because I, I don't guess. know the answer to this. Yes, it's that pretty much the same amount of people are watching MSNBC. Not 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 much new, but it's just that Fox News dropped off a cliff as they stopped truth telling with Tucker, and they're like, we're not tuning in anything. So by default, MSNBC was number two. Now they're number one. That's my that, guess. That, yeah, yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um. Um, the other thing I think that's in play yeah. is that because Trump has been indicted, people are tuning in that maybe weren't normally watching MSNBC because they know MSNBC is going to be the most rabid mm-hmm. about the situation. Right. And people love watching a train wreck. People love watching that kind of thing. And so, you know, if if you are like into uh, listening or watching criticism of yeah. President Trump, where are you going to go? Is it the Don Henley song? Dirty laundry. Dirty laundry. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I, I think, I think that's, out. that's what yeah. it is. I don't know. Now, if their numbers now, where have all the Fox news uh, people yeah. gone? Yeah. That would be the next interesting question. Where have they gone? Because it's oh, not like they suddenly decided, you know what? I'm not, I don't care about news anymore. No, they're going somewhere. But, but even when Tucker Carlson was the number one rated show at Fox, it wasn't 95 million views per episode. True. Oh no no you're you're 100 percent no you are 100 percent right. that means it's not just those who follow Tucker, Tucker to Twitter. Listen, he's yeah. he's and you watch these things that he's doing on Twitter, and it's it's like as good as it was when it was on Fox, if not even a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The guy is great at at at, at these types of monologues and stuff. Yeah, look at you, Superdom. We're getting feedback on your level, still a little bit low. If you see that, uh, but we're modulating it down right. and then up again. It's, it's sound, strange. It sounded pretty, pretty even. Yeah. This is from Diana and Char are saying Super Don is too low. No, I you, guess it is still a little low. Okay. But I thank don't you understand. For your feedback, it's like, why is it low now? It's it like, makes no sense. All right. Hopefully I just we're bumped back. it back up. Now I, I've got the fader back up to right about where I normally had put it before when it was like crazy loud. So all right, you guys compare our voices as we I, go on and give, <laughs> keep giving us feedback. And thank you for that. You're we are so professional. Yeah, um, it, it just doesn't make logical sense because we know how to work these machines, but they don't have. We it's just weird. Just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know something yeah. weird. Anyway, thanks for getting that clip. By the way, I thought that was a, a pretty yeah. interesting uh, take if you will, a hot take maybe, but it's an old take because it's a a long time ago when that happened. Uh, Let's see what happened out. We mentioned New York children's health defense helped helped in the grassroots push back against more vaccine mandates, draconian tracking legislation, et cetera, even in a super majority Democrat state. But how about California? Not so good there. Um, California globe uh, is reporting that a Senate judiciary committee, Specifically, Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, Democrat from Susan City, I don't know how to say that, at Senate Judiciary Committee meeting hearing, uh, passes a bill to require parents to affirm trans trans children. What does this mean? Hmm. To affirm a trans child. So if I'm reading this correctly, they're, they're saying that 
you can add to this super D, but that if a child says, I identify as the opposite sex that I am, and you as a parent don't somehow affirm it, what does it affirm mean? Does it mean, is it defined as supporting uh, puberty blocking drugs, them, supporting it, them. Is it, is it, is it denying them access to surgical alteration and butchery? I, you know, what does this mean that anybody in government, much less this woman promoted this in the judiciary committee passes this out of committee to say, parents, you have to affirm a child who is a child who says, yeah, I feel like a woman today or girl today. And not, <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, you know, I'm so glad my kids are grown up. Hmm. Uh, cause I don't know how I would have handled something like this, but yeah, it's, uh, assembly bill nine, five, seven, uh, in which a parent could lose custody mm. for not affirming or agreeing to a child's claims about gender, gender identity. Right. I see and it. Now. This Under bill, it was, it was, co oh, coincidentally. Yes. Mm -hmm. This was co-authored by Scott Wiener. Did you, uh, did you, did you see Joshua Coleman? Keep Wiener away from kids. Yes. <laughs> Joshua Coleman got pictured at, at the Capitol there in Sacramento. Nice. Yeah. Nice, Josh. Nice job. Amazing. But yeah, it basically says that it would require judges adjudicating disputes over transgender identified children to favor the parent who affirms the child preferred child's preferred identity. A child who she's still a child. And this what reminds you of course, a child in this situation, I wonder. Yeah. Is it 18 and under, 17 and under? What is it? How old is it? Is it that they can do that? And and it, of course, reminds me of the uh, bias of the courts uh, against a parent that doesn't believe in injecting children with these so-called vaccines. They always side with the parent that does. In this case, that's true. That's yeah. true. Assembly yeah. Assemblywoman Wilson said her bill mm -hmm. acknowledging TGI kids. Now this is a new acronym. I'm not familiar. TGI now because it used to be LGBT. Now, Q, GI, XYZ, R2D2. Transgender, gender, gender diverse, diverse, and intersex. intersex. These people are sick CGI. in the head. Um, she this says woman. that that the uh, her bill yeah. uh, was needed to address parents antagonistic to their child's gender identity. Oh, man. Antagonistic. Yeah. You're like, uh, you. Man. Little boy, I, I, you, know, you have a wiener, you're a boy. If you want to remove it as an adult, I, you know, again, you're out on your own. That's one thing. But, dude, it is just, can you argue that a kid should be able to make a decision like this that they can't go back on as a kid? I mean, there's so many things you we agree as a society go, no, no, no until you're 18, or in some cases even 21, uh, that you can't, you're not allowed to do, whether you agree or disagree with that. But, Good Lord, where are they going? How are they coming up with this idea that a kid can know the ramifications of a decision to take cancer-causing, you know, uh, uh, endocrine-altering drugs or butchering their bodies by removing body parts that they are born with or would develop into by puberty blocking them, for instance? I have a hard time, honestly. Again, this is not an argument for adults that feel like they need to change that. We might have perceptions and perspectives that they're mentally ill or not. I don't know. But at the same point, they're adults. That's different. Is it different, Super Don? Am I, I just see a huge distinction here that these people in the California legislature that are supporting this, uh, uh, and I'm not into psychiatric evaluation, but man, common sense evaluation, human sense evaluation i think they fail miserably i wonder if these same people would be in favor of a child changing their mind and going the other way 
Hmm. I wonder if they would protect them and, and insist that the, the parents would have to agree with that. What uh, do you mean by going the other support way? Support them. Uh, you know, uh, 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 detransitioning. Oh, detransitioning. Right? I wonder. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Well, they so if you oppose that, how about if your child comes out as a Trump supporter? <laughs> what would they do in California? Now those, we got to draw the line somewhere here. Robert. Right. Come yeah. on. Now. Yeah, exactly. Unreal. <laughs> unreal this yeah, stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, cuckoo loony land that we live in uh, mm -hmm. anymore. And I know I sound like my parents did when I make comments like that. But uh, have you noticed that we sound like our parents as we get older? That's just a thing, you know, that our parents used to say the same thing, right? I, I, would I can't be believe what society is doing what they're, I can't believe what these kids are up to and what they're doing. Just let's go back, to, though, to examples of previous generations that said this, that sounded like us now. What was it? What were the issues there? And and could we say, oh, it's the same thing? I, I think it's different. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. that's not my, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that. Yeah. Because this is, this is like, yeah, <laughs> this would make our grandparents' heads explode. If they were still around, right? Well, uh, our friend Leslie, uh, did, by the way, did you get her podcast up of Stay at Home Mom, the new one? No, I'm going to do that today. Okay. Um, she says when she was a kid, she thought being a boy would be better than being a girl. And she's glad her parents didn't try to transition her at age 10 because she was a tomboy. She said it. But here's the thing. I, I mean, I don't know how old Leslie is, but, you know, did I mean, at age 10, Leslie, was that even something that was done? No, I, I, mean, I don't know I, that it was discussed. It's like, oh, uh, our, look, our little Leslie daughter. She wants to. She's a tomboy. We should talk to the, a doctor about transitioning her to be. A, I mean, that I don't think that was part of the consciousness, much less no. vernacular for the most part. So this is artificially induced in a lot of ways. Uh, and I am not here to say that in the history of humanity, there have never been girls who wanted to be boys or boys who wanted to be girls. That's not what I'm saying. Not arguing for that in a second. For a second. I am saying, however, that to allow a child to make a lifelong decision like that, that cannot be really reversed, detransitioning in reality, uh, that, that butchery and or the cancer causing immunosuppressors, puberty blocking drugs, et cetera, is not a situation. It's not a, a, a thing we would allow children to make normally, those kind of decisions. So people that are for giving children the opportunity, in, in fact, to get a vaccine against their parents' wishes, against like HPV, it's like, does the child know the possibility of adverse events, including death, that follows a vaccine? I don't think it matters. You know, yeah, on the vaccine, yeah. Right? <clears throat> and, of course, and I mean, you know, then, that, then you surgery, have to that. Yeah. Surgeries can be botched. Sure and they can. can be made and you could die. I mean, those are the kind of risks you're going, as a child, do you think you can make that? And these, again, pardon me for saying the obvious here. These are Democrats largely. If there's a Republican that's for this, I would, I would take them to the woodshed as well. You know what I'm saying? But there are Democrats primarily focusing on this as if this is an issue that most Democrats really are in favor of. I can't imagine that most people that claim to be Democrats actually support this. Am I wrong yeah. there? No, this I think this is more of a just like a fringe progressive thing that's going on. Mm. But, um, you know, it's even though I'm, I'm, I'm a parent of adult children at this point, it still gets under my skin. Yeah. The idea of of them basically just taking the parents' rights away of, of raising their children. Yeah. You know? I that mean, every parent sense. raises their your children. Where is it? What form of government that uh, basically says you don't own your children, the state does? Overtly yeah. says it. Yeah. 
Tell me which form of government that is. Anybody? Bueller? It's communism. What are you going to say when the great, uh, uh, was it the great awake? What is the, the, the latest Mickey Willis film pandemic three, the great awakening, I think Mm -hmm. it leads to that conclusion that the greatest threat to our way of life is collectivism. And it manifests as various isms, including communism. And some on the left are going, Oh, I'm appalled of all the problems that we have. That's not the problem. It's like, no, it is. It's the fundamental problem. When you deny individual Liberty defense of the individual and, and turn everybody into a collectivist mush now you violated any and every right, depending on who's in power, can can violate because no longer are, is the ultimate minority protected. The ultimate minority is not the color of your skin. It's your individual creation, your, your existence. And that's what a Republican form of government, not Republican Party, Republican form of government was established to do, defend the ultimate minority. Not democracy. Democracy doesn't protect minorities because the majority can vote out the rights of the minority. You follow me here? As I said, two oncologists, one homeopath voting on how to treat your cancer. That's democracy. It's very dangerous when you do not protect the rights of the individual to, to do and dissent from consensus. Even if the vast majority of 99.9% of the people believe PCR tests are a valid form of testing to determine an infectious agent. They're all wrong. Yes, one person on the planet can be right when everybody else is wrong. Just because the majority of people believe it doesn't make it right. This is where, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson falls on his ass. It's consensus. Consensus. I don't care about the individual scientists. That tells me who you are. You're a collectivist. Yep. Not a very good scientist at the, you know, to boot when you're looking at it that way. <sighs> Indeed. Well, yeah. all we can do is just see where, where this goes next. Right. I had no idea exactly. where this is going to go. But, you know, another thing, I have no idea where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, and I think people have picked up that I'm I I'm just still kind of amazed at the enthusiasm over this Ozempic drug. Oh, good lord! Yeah, <clears throat> the more you learn about Ozempic, you're like, dude, this should have the Ozempic Olympics. It'd be a sad, sad Olympic. <laughs> um, what you know? Who's got the worst effects of the, who can achieve the greatest Crazy. worst effects of Ozempic? We've covered it several yeah. times on the show, and the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger on the side effects of this drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one we covered, uh, you crap yourself in the bed, uh, at, you know, come come on, <laughs> you're, get, you're getting a new bed. You don't want to do that. I am today. Come in. All right. You, you shall, I pray that you sleep well, really well. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I saw an article this morning on Ozempic. Um, and so on top of everything else with, you know, the, the rabid losing weight and the Ozempic face. Ozempic butt is another one. I don't think we've talked about that. No, we haven't talked about yeah, it. Yeah, because, you know, the skin situation, uh, <laughs> hair falling out. Saggy butt hair or saggy yeah. butt skin? What's going yeah, on? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, 100, 100%. Wow. Um, uncontrollable diarrhea, hair falling out, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out that uh, one of the guys that was working on the drug and, and helped uh, create the drug, mm-hmm. apparently one of the side effects is it can make your life miserably boring. <laughs> that's now the that's the, that would be the worst thing that would be not so bad but um the scientist whose work made it says that the drug could make life so miserably boring yes that's a new one well and here's here's the thing the the drug itself the reason why people are losing weight mm-hmm. is because it makes food suck <laughs> you don't like it 
Okay. You're, you're, you're disgusted. You're basically, it makes you disgusted by food. Yeah. And I can understand that. Yeah, listen, there are, for, for a lot of people like me, uh, I get joy out of good food. And I know yeah. a lot of other people do. I do too. So it's and, a wonderful thing. You see me with pie? You kidding me? You find some people that maybe don't have much. That, that might be one of the very few things that they have. Joys in life, little joys in life. So you take the joy of eating food out of the equation. Mm -hmm. What do you got left? Wow. Some people don't have much left. Uh, well, I'll tell you, this is another uh, aspect of, of my wife's suffering. We've talked about the pain yesterday. Uh, and I hope everybody signs up for that uh, pain webinar. It's free uh, yesterday from uh, Yoni Witten, Dr. Witten. That's going to be a fantastic uh, webinar from what we discussed on the air. But one of the things uh, was a recent revelation of my wife to realize, you know, she, there's a lot of anger around food preparation and all the things that she's done to keep us alive. And, and she just had this revelation. It's like, I'm angry at food. I'm angry at food. And you go, why would you be angry at food? Well, because she's hungry all of the time, but to eat food would trigger the trigeminal neuralgic pain that she has from the dental extraction. So the very thing that sustains her and all of us that still eat food is something that brings on great suffering. So that for was her because to, of the, like the chewing or something. Yeah, the chewing exactly. Yeah. So eating the one time a day basically, and I, you know, I'm you know, if I can make her a shaky cup and she can drink it, and that could help a little bit here and there. But but overall, if you can imagine that the very act of eating, which involves typically chewing, brings on horrible pain, and that's not Ozempic doing that. That's again. Uh, an injury that occurred so many years ago in, an, and I, you know, again, pray still that that will resolve eventually. And we've tried a lot of things or almost everything, but not that right. The next thing. And uh, with Dr. Witten, if you're dealing with any, his uh, ongoing pain issues, let's all participate in that. And super Donna, I, I think you included it in the newsletter yesterday and in the notes yesterday, but uh, I don't think there's a newsletter going out today because of all the stuff you had to do. Didn't, didn't have the, well, it was, it was a time issue, but it was also right. because of that internet problem that there was little, like a third of maybe or less of the news yeah. that was normally out there. So I'll send a, an email out tomorrow morning. Yeah. So this was up because bad news, but it's a, as you know, that search for the miraculous pill that would make you lose weight. And, you know, some people who are insensitive, insensitive would say, just stop eating so effing much food. You've heard that. Yeah. Yet, there, there is a, a you know associated uh, addiction, addictive personalities. We we know that that can play out in food addiction, but also I've talked about the mineral deficiencies that facilitate you know the ability to use energy, stored energy that you don't have, like when you're out of chromium and vanadium, for instance. How that impacts your ability to ever be satiated, and the food choices you make if they're refined or ultra refined foods, high in carbohydrates, then you are feeding yourself at these empty calories with no minerals and then therefore no ability to metabolize appropriately. You drive yourself deeper into depression, um, uh, obesity, diabetes, all of that, you know? And so my compassion is, is there. I don't think even though it could be offensive when I say stop eating so effing much food, right? That concept. But the reality is there are metabolic issues there. Yes. Some are, 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 are lacking any discipline. Granted, I mean, that that could exist too. I'm not disputing that. There's a wide variety of reasons why people would eat too much. But if we can get the minerals back in them, and, you know, with Morley Robbins yesterday, we talked about many pathways, how having one mineral like copper back in can open up a myriad of pathways. And then we talked about other minerals as well. If you're not already taking the uh, 
gluco uh, sugar balance formula from food research. That's the one we've utilized for a number of years now. You can get that from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com choose to be healthy.com. You can call and leave a message if he answers or 866-424-1077, 866-424-1077 and use the code RSB five, get a little discount when you're at it. He also has the sovereign silver. That's sovereign what it looks copper. like right there. Oh, you have it. Glucose sugar balance. Yeah. That's the formula. It's a tap. It's a capsule. I take one, uh, three times a day. I try to sometimes it's one twice a day, but if you're dealing with the cravings, the significant mineral deficiencies that disallow, if you will, your body metabolically interact with food appropriately, uh, take one capsule four times a day. Okay. Glucose sugar balance. And you get that from choose to be healthy.com. Uh, so I wanted to add that into the mix. So it's not like, Oh, Robert, he's so mean. He just says, stop eating so much food, but you get the the message. Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Stop right. eating so damn much food. Mm-hmm. Food is food can be an addiction. It really mm-hmm. can. And so sometimes, you know, it's, it's not as simple as just stop eating so much food. Yeah. Cause some people eat, you know, just like they do other things, which is a perfect segue, like drinking alcohol, right? <laughs> Talk about empty calories. Right. <clears throat> um, you know, for over the years, looking through news and stuff like that, I've seen there's this trend mm-hmm. where, you know, one month uh, you'll see a, a, a new story. It'll talk about how drinking alcohol mm-hmm. or light to moderate drinking, which is usually yeah. what you know, they always put that in there. The, the light to moderate drinking is good for you. It's good for your heart and right. you live longer. And then the next month it'll be, if you take a thimble full of alcohol, you will die of cancer. Yeah. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. It reminds me, you remember there, there was a while there we were, we were, we were seeing these stories about sitting, sitting is yeah. the new smoking, sitting yeah. will kill you. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, standing too much will kill you. And it's kind of like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Do I stand? Do I sit? Do I levitate? You know I mean? What is that I'm supposed to do? So the drinking thing is, is similar. Yeah. And so I saw this this morning it was like, light, you know, here we go again, light yeah. to moderate drinking may help relieve stress and help your heart. The mm-hmm. difference with this study yeah. is that rather than going, well, we compared this stat, you know, these stats to these stats, and it showed that there's a correlation. Mm-hmm. This one, they actually d- dug a little deeper, and I thought it was interesting because what they did is they said that the uh, light to moderate alcohol consumer mm-hmm. uh, may lower the risk of cardiovascular events such as heart attack and stroke by reducing activity in parts of the brain that respond to stress. So, so basically, and anybody oh, who's drank alcohol before, yeah, right? You, you forget you, you, about your problems for a little bit. Yeah, you don't care, right? You know, things don't stress you out. You're kind of relaxed for the most part. Okay. So there's there always that occasional drinker that it made it worse. But this is sort of not a direct metabolic claim that alcohol. Uh, correct. It's not the it, alcohol itself. It's the effect of an impact of alcohol on stress, at least temporarily. Correct. That's their argument. I, okay. I get, I get their argument. But then you have the other argument that drinking, well, in this case, heavily, uh, may speed up the development of Alzheimer's. Well, and that's the other side of the, yeah. the of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so while I I can understand what they're saying that you know you have a beer or two, you know, and you're kind of relaxed and stuff. I know for me, it's like that's all the I I'm, I'm almost as much of a lightweight as you are, mm-hmm. where you know it's like it, it right. takes a cu- a couple of beers and I'm ready to go take a nap, you know. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Last night, um, we, my, my daughter's in, in the play, The Cries of Freedom, right? It's a very patriotic July 4th kind of Independence Day play that, that she's in. She's playing Joan of Arc, and it's a, it's a song singing kind of thing. She's loving it. And so we took her to that, and then my wife and I 
went out to have an organic meal last night, which was nice. And I, I ate well and uh, it was it was all organic and clean, which is nice to be able to go out and do that occasionally. And then afterwards, we're like, oh, let's go over to, since we're less close and we've got time to waste, we went over to Trader Joe's and we got some of my my famous organic Italian imported pizzas, this, you know, for the freezer to have, you know, once in a while. And, and then I, I saw they had the German non-alcoholic beer, Klaus Tyler, yeah. which, you know, speaking of drinking, I like the taste of beer. I do. I drank beer earlier on in my life. And now I'm like, I'm not interested in the alcoholic impact and drunk, getting drunk. That's not, doesn't intrigue me anymore. I'm like, I grew out of that at the age of 19. I'm like, done. Okay. But I like beer. So I say, Hey, I haven't seen Klaus Tyler in a while. Let's go get it. And we put it up on the register. You know, they, they're all young, young girls that look the same at Prater Joe's. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but where yeah. we went, we're like, my gosh, do they hire them? Cause they all look the same. Uh, nice. Everybody's nice there. And she's looking, Oh, can, can we check your ID? I'm like, that's fake beer. That's not even real beer. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it. Look, because it looks real. They wanted to so, check your ID? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How often does that here, happen? This is kind of cool because, and, and my wife was with me. And so, like, either of our IDs would have been fine. But I said, it's not even real beer. It's fake. Oh, okay. I missed it because it looks like it's real. And then she asked, she's like, well, why do you, why do you want to get it? <laughs> and it was an insincere question. She wasn't, like, challenging me. I was like, well, and I explained. It's like, I like the taste of beer. I don't like alcohol per se, and and that's why. And she's like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." Yep. And 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 you know, she was going to card me, so I said, "Well, how old do you think I am?" <laughs> One of those challenging questions. And I said, "There's nothing that can upset me. I'm a man. You can't do this with a woman. With a man, I don't care." She, she right. said, "Yeah, you're 45." I'm like, "Nice, nice, yeah." There I'll you go. It. You're doing something right. I'll take it. You know, 12 years <laughs> younger than than I the, the age says anyway. So uh, that was fun. And then afterwards, my oh, I said, hey, we have a $10 coupon for this uh, uh, department store that shall remain unnamed because I don't like them. They're woke. But I will acknowledge that going there occasionally, if you go to the, the clearance rack, you'll find stuff that's like below what they pay for the clothes. You're like, mm. holy crap. You know, and and so I've gotten some good stuff there over the years. So you got we yourself go, some nice pride gear. We, yeah, we go there and... <laughs> Go to, I finally find the, the, the clearance rack. And there's a lot of empty shelves there, lot racks and, and whatever. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But we go to the, the men's area and I find my wife and I will look at it. Oh, it's a purple shirt. It looks good. I'll just grab it. And like, it's a, it's a button up, right? Nice shirt, light, nice purple color. And, um, you know, how, what's the chances it's going to be my size? You know, I look at it, uh, 15, 15 and a half neck, 32, 33. I was like, dude, and it's a slim fit. Your size. Huh? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, regular retail, 45 bucks, eight bucks. We got it for $8. My wife goes and buys that. And I decide I'm going to look around the other side of this rack. Another shirt, another button up shirt, uh, a maroon colored one, nice button up, really, you know, a, a formal, but also sort of casual, but formal. Uh, and I'm like, what's the chance this is going to be my size? Looked at it, 15, 15 and a half neck, 32, 33. I'm like, you can wow. fit too. Like I got two shirts, each of them like eight bucks. That's way cheaper than I think they even paid for it. Like, so occasionally, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> anyway, speaking of shirt, what is that on your shirt? Uh, it's an Eagle soaring over the American flag. It is flag. Day. Oh, an Eagle. Okay. Yeah. You see, it's a bald Eagle. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All I could see was, the, I guess that's like yeah, the top the of its wing. Head, it's kind of faded into the white stripe. So it's gotcha. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So anyway, I'm skipping around telling stories. I didn't plan. That's okay. To today. That's uh, all right. We're just yeah. chilling out, man. Chilling out. So anyway, the drinking thing leads me 
uh, to uh, a question of the day, uh, because that's, this is an Alzheimer's neurological uh, discussion. We did have a call coming in through our toll-free number, the 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355, and uh, let's see who called. Yes, this is Patrick from the Branson, Missouri area. I was, uh, sent an email, but nobody responded, and I just had a question if there were some natural methods or natural things I, that could be taken for Parkinson's or tremors or tremors. Mm-hmm. So just want to know if there's anything in the way of natural supplements um, they, that could be taken. Thank All right, you. Patrick. Thank you for calling in, Patrick. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see the email. I don't know if you saw the email, if we missed it. But I, did, I didn't that. see an email. But, uh, you know, Parkinson's, I've talked about Parkinson's over the years and neurological degradation. You know, I brought up the, how sad it was for anybody to have this. But remember when Neil Diamond was diagnosed with Parkinson's and he had to stop touring, it was like a bummer for me. I'm like, dude, I want to see him in concert again. So much fun. Uh, so I even I think I, I tweeted to his wife, Katie, and I never heard back. I said, here's some options we could help. But the tremors and Parkinson's neurological misfiring. We talk about all of the basics here for a reason, because it applies to everything. You know, one person that has certain toxicological burdens, including heavy metals, may manifest differently than another, right? The same metals in excess in the body could result in any number of ailments or illnesses, but so many of those things do end up in brain neurological uh, degradation diseases, including Parkinson's, which involves you know, the misfiring of the muscles, uh, all the electrical signals or something screwing up really. So uh, uh, I would say first and foremost, going to the essential fats that are lacking in most people's diets and even saturated fats, which is so critical for brain and nervous system integrity, neural health and neuron, and add into that the CBD, cannabidiol from hemp. Uh, Those two combinations can be tremendously nourishing to the brain and nervous system in higher concentrations that you would normally ingest. Now, that's also utilized for acute injury. We've talked about that for acute brain and neural injury as well, but I think long-term it would really help to nourish. Now, other minerals that are critical, we've talked about the connective tissue mineral. I think we even mentioned it yesterday with Morley Robbins. Uh, I mentioned silicon or silica. Now, some have recognized that its role in in binding with aluminum, aluminum plays a role in neurological issues as well, uh, so that the Alta Health product, silica product that we get from Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com would be something I'd integrate immediately three tablets four times a day to load that silica back into the system, like the silicon chip of a computer. The silicon is part of that brain computer thing, the nervous system. Copper plays, once again, a humongous role here. As we talk about iron dysregulation in the absence of copper, iron can create a lot of the associated neurological degradation symptoms like we would attribute to mercury and aluminum. Don't forget iron in the absence of copper can create oxidative stress and damage. Huge stuff. So getting the copper in, and I would say, you know, the sovereign copper would be a huge, easy way to get in a three a tablespoon, three times a day, at least maybe upwards of six tablespoons a day, which will just get you to RDI levels. You're not getting to toxic amounts of copper and that will facilitate a, a, the beneficial utilization of iron for all of its purposes, including oxygen carrying capacity in the blood. And then we get to the vascular system and we ask, Hey, could blood flow be an issue? Everything is related to that brain, nervous system, et cetera. So the cardio miracle would be a no brainer, no, no pun intended in that regard, but for the brain and nervous system as well, because blood flow, oxygenation, nutrition, all of that relies on what good, healthy cardiovascular flow. And so the cardio miracle, I would be doing a tape. Well, the, the scoop from the cardio miracle would be a full scoop one, two, or even three times a day initially to get that vascular system working again. Now, 
I'm just giving you a few tips here, you know, as you, you called in Patrick about it. Uh, but any one or a number of these things can be done. Nothing is contraindicated in what I'm saying. Another aspect for protection of the brain and the nervous system, the key mineral is selenium once again, but most people are taking the wrong form. They'll say, Oh, I have selenium in my, you know, and you ask them what it is. It's like one form and it's not really efficient fully. So the hundred percent whole food form we use here is innate response selenium. We get that from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. And that is a profound tool to help uh, restore brain integrity, neurological integrity. Any, any system relies on selenium as well. Remember selenium and copper also play uh, uh, protection for the heart and vascular system too. So that's important. Selenium. And I would do uh, three, at least three tablets, four times a day. In such circumstances, I might argue four tablets, four times a day easily and still maybe go higher. And some people would freak out because now I'm talking 800 micrograms of selenium a day, but I'm utilizing hundred percent whole food forms of selenium, which is again, neuroprotective as we're working on regeneration. I cannot give you a comprehensive uh, response because I'd be here for days talking about all the things that play out and everything. And particularly when you've got Parkinson's even more so, but some of these things, at least that I've mentioned, because magnesium plays a role as well. Um, and you know, man, <laughs> what, what doesn't in terms of that, the sugar utilization, we come back to the vanadium and chromium combination from a uh, food research. Absolutely plays a role in brain and neurological health. So the basics are always there and there are homeopathics as well. I don't have time to get into it at the moment. I realize we're coming up against the end of the show. How did we get here so fast? Jeez, man, there's a lot to do. Maybe we get to some of it in the bonus round as well. I think we only had like one, one article left on the table. Really? And yeah. I, I thought we were doing much worse than that and keeping up with your uh, uh, schedule, which I have to keep up with or I get berated for the show. You don't, you don't even immune know. Immune resilience. <laughs> what? You mean we're going to acknowledge an immune system? <clears throat> People who preserve immune resilience live longer and resist infections. And, and you know, that brings me to one other thing, the silver the bioactive silver hydrosol, because silver is regenerative, including neuroprotective and regenerative. It's not harmful to the nervous system like other metals. Silver facilitates regenerative events. Read the, the book by Dr. Robert Becker, The Body Electric, and you'll see silver facilitates regeneration of even neural tissue, myelin tissue. Not in a vacuum, in conjunction with everything else we've discussed. So I, I didn't mean to overlook that, but that brings to mind this article, Immune Resilience, because a lot of people get benefit from silver in terms of immune response, immune resilience, and copper as well. This is, uh, was published in Nature Communications. Um, they said that um, revealing that the capacity to resist or recover from infections and other sources of inflammations or inflammatory stress called immune resilience differs widely among individuals. The researchers developed a unique set of metrics to qualify it, and they say it will aid decisions for healthcare and help researchers understand differences in lifespan and health outcomes. Now. This, of course, is a very dangerous study because it will reveal that there is no such thing as a drug that enhances immune resilience. By definition, every drug is mild to severely toxic and has to be you know, monitored safely. And anything that's toxic to the body takes the system out of growth and healing and into protection, into fight or flight, which depletes the body which depletes the energy reserves, which affects and attacks and, and ends up impacting mitochondrial production of ATP, which is dependent on minerals like copper and magnesium, for instance. So immune resilience, the capacity to maintain good immune function, 
called immunocompetence and minimize inflammation while experiencing inflammatory stressors. That's the key. And what is the result of having good immune resilience? You'll live longer. You'll resist infections. Immune collapse, you'll, you won't have that. Resisting uh, recurrence of skin cancers and the risk of kidney transplant, and on and on it goes. Surviving sepsis even, if you were to fall prey to that in an acute manner. It's a great study. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like in this paragraph here, they say, we found that during aging and when experiencing inflammatory stress, some persons mm-hmm. resist degradation of immune resilience. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, it's like, it's an observational study. They sure. notice people do this. What's missing in the study though? What to do to maintain immune resilience. Are, are they going to say, oh, well, it was just some kind of like genetic uh uh uh, luckiness anomaly yeah yeah that's what they like to (laughs) argue because you know then they they would argue well maybe uh, vaccinations can get us there again the same old trope and the ability to you know respond appropriately and not die for an immune challenge that's copper again how many times have i told you copper addresses the systemic immune response the cytokine storm that can be deadly if it's too extreme Having enough copper in your system will allow that cooling of the inflammation, the immune response to safely get over it and again, get into the regenerative phase. That's the stuff we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show all the time. But yeah, cool study, except their their outcome results and in, in, in promotion of a different diet or lifestyle. Yeah, what's not, missing in the study is we, we found out these people did XYZ in yeah. order to have this immune resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, guess. they don't give you any of that. Because again, that would destroy the entirety of the need for perceived real or otherwise need for modern medical interventions, as opposed to listening to homeopaths, naturopaths, chiropractors, herbalists, energy workers, you know, all of that. And, and those that promote organic non-GMO diets and lifestyles and exercise, all of that. It goes away. The modern medical monopoly goes away when you realize what it takes to have immune resilience and none of it involves a drug or a vaccine. So with that, we'll take a pause and uh, come back with the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks again to Ginger Taylor for joining us. A lot of fun. We went a little bit over uh, the hour there, but it's okay. We had flexibility today and I uh, appreciate all y'all. If you have questions or comments, chime in. We we let loose in the uh, bonus round. There are no rules. <laughs> if you have a question or comment, throw it our way and we'll check it out. We'll be back with more powerful healing after this because the power to heal is yours. Bonus round commences now. Uh, Super Don, we had asked, uh, Diane asked, maybe she wasn't here yesterday or those that didn't write it down because they couldn't get it unrumbled because of the whatever happened in the internet yesterday. Mm-hmm. How do they access the pain? Uh, Go to yesterday's time? notes, right? And if, if you want to do that right now or sign up for the newsletter because I'll have an email going out tomorrow for the event, which is tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon. So if yeah. you want to get that, then uh, make sure you have your sign up for the newsletter. Are you able to just drop the um, link for those in the chat room right no, now? No. no? What do you I mean can't. no? How no. come you can't do that? No, can't, can't do that. It. You mean you're going to make me do it? Oh, I get it. I understand. I will do it. It's I fine. didn't. I can do it. You can't do it. <clears throat> we got to go back to yesterday's show and grab the, the link and drop it in, I guess. That's the that's the, the secret. Yeah. yeah. Do All what right. you want, man. Do what you want. Or I could just do it. Uh, Why don't you go check out what's going on in the chat rooms? 
Okay, I'll look at uh, y'all in the chat room here. Let's see what's going on. Uh, let me go into the Robert Scott Bell Show chat room at robertscottbell.com. I will listen. mention this. I've been watching uh, the chat room over on Rumble and Cetro Spotlight, our, our buddy over there, Yeah, always has uh, good stuff to say. Mm-hmm. But in one thing in particular, and I got to ask you, Cetros, because he, he's made this comment before. about yeah. He's big about soup. <clears throat> soup? Today's comment, soup is my purpose in life. I'm intrigued. Well, this this goes um, <clears throat> to what what I think is a, a solution for my wife, at least you know while she still has the you know the issue of pain, is more soup. I agree, but bone broth particularly because to have mineral rich, you know, dense food, well, is is an important part of the recovery. I, I get that, but let's let's go beyond the the uh, functionality of soup. Okay. And let's go into the enjoyment and joy. The deliciousness of soup? Absolutely. Okay. I was I'm, thinking therapeutic, but okay. Yeah, of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> My bias. <laughs> <clears throat> I guess I guess what you want to do is when you can when you can achieve both, mm-hmm. right? With the soup. I've had bone broth before. So like it's kind of it's not very exciting. Yeah. Well, again, you're going to enjoyment, not therapy at that exactly. point. Exactly. That's right. I, I understand. I, I guess you can make bone broth exciting. I, you I mean, could. I guess you can add stuff to it. I mean, I know there for a while we were using, what was that That bone broth that we were using? Yeah, we had a good organic quality bone broth available. Kettle, uh, kettle and kettle fire. It was kettle called. and fire. Yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but if you can make your own as well. And and also, this goes back to, interestingly enough, the uh, <clears throat> the weight issue, weight loss issue. How many people have I talked to recently? A lot that went on a kind of an all meat diet. This is like counterintuitive from what, you know, we've been told from health perspectives, vegetable fruits and limited your meat. Right. Of course, I, I, if you're going to do uh, an all animal protein type diet, it's important to have the healthy fats. It's important to access, not just the muscle. I'm going to sneeze here, Excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> but the vital organs, liver, et cetera, to get those minerals in. But it makes sense. The nutrient density of that, if you're doing that, uh, that people are reporting dramatic weight loss and feeling better than ever. You know, my concern always with too much protein consumption is like, is your liver's not good? You're not going to handle the metabolic waste and, and, and excrete properly and you could end up with more inflammation. But if you're caring for that, you got enough copper coming in, you know, maybe that counteracts the potential for liver congestion. Of course, we're talking organic quality. Michael Boland says, I'm having bone broth every day for breakfast now and he loves it. So that's what I'm, you know, encouraging my, wonderful wife to start incorporating more regularly to, to satiate the hunger because she doesn't want to chew things because of the pain that comes from it. So I think it's a good strategy. Now you wanted to say what your favorite soup was. I'm guessing. No, no brownie soup. Brownie. No, yuck. <laughs> that would not make a good soup. <clears throat> um, yeah. You know what? I, I do. I love soup. I guess mm-hmm. Cetros and I have something in common. Okay. Um, I love a good split pea soup. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, the Italian fare, like the Zuppa Toscana. That's like super awesome. Does your wife make you soup from time to time? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've got split pea in the freezer because she'll make a big pot of it and yeah, I'll, nice I'll put it in containers and save it for later. Chili. Yeah. Stuff like that. But um, yeah. Anyway. If anybody have some good bone broth recipes, Leslie's making it out of her chicken bones. Uh, that oh, speaking of Leslie, yeah, she yeah. was uh, started off the show. Um, she was processing chicken sausage. 
whoa, look at that. There you go. I have a feeling that during the RSB family union, I'm going to eat really well. You think I so? Have a sense, I just have a sense about that. Down home yes. on the farm there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Upcoming events, we do have, uh, I didn't even mention them today. Oh, for shame. Usually I'm pretty good about that. For those of you who are new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, there's an upcoming events tab at the top of the page. Just click on that. And you can see real quickly what's upcoming, and we'll add more as we get more. But the Real Solutions for Healthy Living is the next one, June 24th, a Saturday, Loveland, Colorado. I'll be speaking there. I'll have a booth there. I'm going to have silver and copper shots for everybody, so it'll be fun. The RSB Family Union, July 14th, 15th, and 16th with Leslie and James and her six daughters, his, but their six daughters, I shall say, um, uh, being um, amazing hosts on their, uh, on their homestead. A lot of discussion. We've talked Ben Tapper. Hopefully, Taryn Gregson will be there, and uh, Kevin Tuttle will be there, and who knows who else we can get there, but it's going to be a lot of fun, a great weekend. Uh, Maho, Summer Splash, July 21st through 23rd. As I said, Whitaker's Farm Market is in Columbus, not Columbus, it's outside of Columbus by a half hour, 45 minutes or something. And that's a Friday event open to the public uh, that I'll be speaking at. And then the uh, Summer Splash event, Sunday, I'll be speaking, I think, Sunday morning at that event in Columbus, Ohio. Red Pill Expo, August 12th, 13th, Des Moines, Iowa. G. Edward Griffin and the crew. That's going to be amazing. Cancer Control Society's 48th annual uh, convention, trade show. Funny enough, I just saw we have... Uh, a guest coming on. I'd say a new guest, but I looked at it. I was like, wait, Layla Ali? But it's Layla spelled differently. It's not Muhammad Ali's daughter, Layla, but another, a pharmacist doctor, uh, Layla Ali, who's also part of the Cancer Control Society event that we have coming up as well. That's Glendale, um, Labor Day weekend, California. The Biomed Expo, and that's September 14th through 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, And that's going to be, wow, that's going to be a profound one. I'll be doing a lot there. Your Health Freedom Gala and Symposium, that's in basically Salt Lake uh, City, Utah area. And that's uh, Kristen Chevrier putting that on. Lots of good people there. That's the uh, 6th and the 7th of October. And then there's a simultaneous event in Pittsburgh with our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. I got to figure out what I'm doing. Uh, And we don't have that up yet here in the upcoming events. Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the granddaddy of them all, October 14th, 15th. Right prior to that, 12th and 13th is the Trinity Live for all the Trinity graduate students and other holistic healthcare professionals and even allopaths. You want to come and get some continuing education. Uh, that's a good opportunity. Then we got the Wellness Parenting Revolution Summit. And that's Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And there'll be more added, but man, one or all of those events, you got a lot of options. I hope to see you at some. Uh, and uh, that's the upcoming events announcements for today. Uh, one of those things happening is at the Red Pill Expo. Bobbery Oren, I know will be there. And Bobbery supplies to us the uh, Folium PX, which is helping G. Edward Griffin to recover from the assault he had a couple of years back during COVID, what they did to him in the hospital. He survived that. And he's on Folium PX regularly. We've interviewed him recently on one of our Sunday conversations. And I, and I wanted to mention something about our Sunday conversations because I, th- I think they've been great. They've been wide and varied. But I did an interview when we were in Boise, Idaho, Super Don, and you got this interview from with Carl Kantak. Yes. Carl Kantak. And you put it up for our patron supporters first. We haven't decided how right. we're going to bring that to the public yet. But it's a it's a full Sunday conversation level kind of just uh, on the COVID, not just the COVID, but all the, the previous vaccine jabs related to exemption issues, nailing it so you can really, uh, if you still have trouble communicating to the state legislators, senators, and governor, et cetera, about all of the uh, 
valid science and all that science that they claim is valid that isn't. And that's uh, something we'll make public pretty soon. But if not, you can already access it as a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, which leads us to our next AMA. It'll be July the 1st, a Saturday, which is counting as our June one because I couldn't find a Saturday available uh, in June. So July 1st for that. And we'll do another one later in July as well. But that's our AMA on Zoom for patron supporters. All right. What else? What is Katie writing about in uh, Facebook chat room? Had to come here since regular chat won't let me in, a.k.a. DJ Katie. Uh, I don't know why the Uh-oh. regular chat won't let you in. Is there a problem? we got people chatting What'd you there. do? We didn't kick you out. I didn't kick you out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Diana says that, putting the bones do. in a crock pot on low all day is how to make it. Yeah, I think that is. It's a passive thing. You just throw it in there and let it cook slowly over time, and you've got bone broth. Um. That's all I've got. That's it. That's right. it. Let's Done bringing got. it, y'all. Let's see. Just, just for fun. Mm-hmm. What do we got going on tomorrow? Oh, let's check on that upcoming. Tomorrow we got Jonathan E. Morton, hour one. Yay. Plenty to talk about. Ooh, yes. And uh, Dr. Two. Naomi Wolf in hour two. Naomi Wolf is back. She's rocking it. That's fun. I, I love that. It's going to be a great, great show tomorrow. I do have... Um, Later this evening, for those that sign up, retail copper training that I'm doing online. And then um, that uh, the 15th, and I have an Argentine, let's say a silver training. And then Friday, uh, we have Super Don going to the beach. So we'll likely do an encore presentation. And then I do have a new recording set for Sunday with a Kai Jordan that I think will be really cool. So enjoying those Sunday conversations. Don't think you get out of it Monday through Friday. There's Sunday too. And so Super D says he can do it even on vacation because that's how awesome he is. And that's how me. Yeah, no worries. I mean, the place we're going into has Wi-Fi and stuff, so I'll just bring my gear. Sweet. No problemo. Um, What else? What else? What else? I think that's it. Okay. I think we did a lot today. It's a good show. Ginger, it's fun to have Ginger back on. And it's always great to see everybody that our regulars here. Where everybody knows your name or your nickname. (laughs) For those listening later, uh, if you missed yesterday's show because of the rumble corruption that I don't know if it was even rumble's fault. It's something to do with Amazon. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. I think it was restream. Restream. Rumble doesn't use AWS. In fact, they, uh, they've put themselves out there, uh, in recent, well, it was a couple of years ago. So our vulnerability with Restream is that if if Amazon Web Services craps out, then yes. we got some trouble. Yes, okay. Correct. Well, you you that do have a good quality recording of uh, our show yesterday then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just got to get it uploaded. Okay. So, all yeah, look good. out for that then. And thank you all for being here. And, you know, if you got anything else you want to submit, this questions or comments or even call in like uh, Patrick did today and leave a message, uh, we'll get it on the air and respond best way we can. If you guys have Additional insights, drop them in here or drop them at the uh, Robert Scott Bell Show website. One last thing, I sent a picture, Super Don. I saw Connor Boyack, Tuttle Twins guy, Mm -hmm. put this picture up, which is an accurate representation of what the Biden administration is doing now. And anybody that supports them in their endeavors in Ukraine, uh, if you can grab that picture and show everybody. It's a, a, you know, the Ukraine colored flag, blue and yellow. And it says, I stand with Ukraine. And then Ukraine is crossed out. And it's really, I stand with the United States military industrial complex using Ukrainians to fight their war. Uh, 
Yeah. Let's be accurate about what there this you is. Go. Proxy war. Not declared in the people's house. Uh, more of the, the New World Order nonsense that has been going on between Democrat, Republican administrations with rare exception. And uh, Bobby Kennedy knows about it. Apparently Trump did too. I think, as I said, a number of times whether you love or hate Trump or you're neutral on him, uh, he would not have done this based on all of his rhetoric and what he was doing in the four years. I'm not saying he's perfect. That's never what I'm saying. So don't freak out. But the point is, it would have been, I believe, markedly better. Uh, that's my assessment. But uh, we'll see where this goes because he's indicted and they're going to try and stop him from uh, running. And if you missed the uh, clip we played, thanks to Tucker Carlson bringing that back out at the debates for the Republican nomination last cycle when he said, you know, that... Uh, that going into uh, Iraq was a mistake. There were no weapons of mass destruction. That's where he made enemies of the Republicans and the Democrats, the neocons on both sides. That's That should mean something. And uh, let's see, that's all I got. A lot of bone broth makers here. Thank you for coming today. And God willing, we'll see you back here less than uh, 22 hours from now. How about Sounds that? Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Have a good day, guys.